Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. I'm your host, Matt Diaz, along with my co-host, Ernesto Santos. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm a little nervous. My, my surgery's coming up this Friday, you know, so just getting ready for that. But we have two very special guests. This is a Box Office Bingers first. Matt, who are our guests today? Yes, uh, very special guests indeed. We have Michelle Imperato and Andrew Lewis. Thank you very much for coming on to the show. Really do appreciate it. I know we've been asking Michelle to come on for a while. And uh, we and, and yeah, so thank you for coming on to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having us. I didn't know this was a first. Now I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, and not only like we we've had two people on the show, but not two people as as far as uh, like having two guests like in this particular format before. Okay. So this is exciting. Also, as far as uh, a couple is concerned, we also never had this either. So this is going to be very exciting to see how how this works out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, say something. Something. All right. <laughs> All right. And a few words. I like it. <laughs> Well, I, I'd be uh, so typically we'll start off with what you're watching, where we talk about our recently watched movies and TV shows. But I do have a question for you both, because I think we've never asked this question on the show before, because we've never had two people on. But are you especially since we're about to start our first segment here, would you guys say that you watch stuff more together? Like, do you have more things that you would watch together more so than stuff apart? I would say so. Yeah. We like a lot of the same stuff. We like a lot of the same stuff, but because our sleep schedules are different, I do get time to watch stuff by myself in the mornings on like Saturday and Sunday mornings while he's still sleeping. And then when I go to bed, he has time to watch stuff without me. So we also get good alone time too. I usually play video games instead of watching. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you binge watch The Office without me. That's true. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I was okay. No, I was okay. With it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've seen some of it. I've seen some of it. That's incredible, Michelle. No. Fail. Uh, yeah. The reason why I asked is because there are. I, I feel like you know, and Ernesto, I think you're gonna test this too. Like you know, when we're in a relationship, that I feel like there are some shows that it's like uh, sacrilege if you even start without them. And <laughs> and but then there's also some shows where you're just like, you know what, you can you can have that one. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really need to sub so, like I don't know if there's like if it's more shows I feel like it's like a 50 50 for me that I have like shows that I watch on my own and also shows that like we need to watch together uh Ernesto where, where are you on that boat I told I'm I'm 50 50 because there are certain I always have to ask my thing is I always ask first I'm like hey this looks interesting what do you think and then I give her one episode and if she's on her phone I was like all right this is a me show <laughs> I'll change it and watch something else. But there are certain shows it is very, like you said, like very sacrilegious. Like we always watch it together. Like it's, she's like, if you watch more than me, it's like, how dare you? Why would you do that with watching? <laughs> That's happened a few times, but you know we work through it. Obviously, we love each other. So <laughs> he was out of town for the series finale of Game of Thrones. Ooh, I remember. Yes, right. I remember you were telling me. She didn't wait for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> me actually wait no she did wait for me for that she did wait for me for the battle battle oh, of Winterfell. that's what i did that's wait what for she did right here right because it was did. like i was out for a week after that and she was like i'm just gonna watch it that's right, you're right. <laughs> so yeah like you're but going if he's out in town it's fair game Ah, uh, okay because then you guys could just watch it at the same time separately and then talk about it after she's like nope never gonna happen <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but but how, how does that work? So like it's are you just like not allowed? We oh sorry, would you rewatch it again? Or is like hey you're on your own, you got to catch yeah. up on your own time. Probably again. No, I'd I rewatch it. So I've actually started like certain series. So on a Saturday morning, I'll check out something new. I'll surf around. And then if I like it and I think he'll like it, then I'll rewatch whatever he's missed. So we just did that with, um, I guess, Never Have I Ever. It was that on Netflix. Did you guys see that? I didn't see it, but I know of it. Yeah. So I yeah, I started watching it by myself and I was like, I think he'd actually like this. And he was, he, he thought it was okay. It was with that girl. I don't even know what you're talking The girl. <laughs> That's how great it was. He, he loved it. Yeah. It was a comedy. It was with a girl who was like in high school and I don't know. Things happened. It was a show. Wow. We watched Euphoria together after she saw like half the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that Good and I watch. started it again. So he That's a better example. Okay, yeah. yeah. That is a I'm much sure. better example. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, and uh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Have you seen I'm Sorry? No, no, I've never heard of it. No, I've never it's heard of it. It's so funny. Oh, that's your homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll have some homework for you. <laughs> it is very raunchy. Like, yeah, really, it's really dirty. raunchy. But it's oh, okay. Would you, that's where, all right. Where is it? Where is it on? Netflix. Netflix, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Netflix. It's with I'm Andrea sorry. Savage. She wrote it and and stars in it. Okay, I've never heard of that before. Do you know if it's older or newer? Um, it's pretty new. It's got like three seasons, yeah. so yeah. So just about that. It's that old. Okay. <laughs> about three seasons worth about old. Three, three <laughs> seasons old. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So, uh, so now we're gonna get officially started with our first segment, "What You Watching." So, uh, Andrew, uh, Michelle, what have you been watching, either together, separately, however you want to kick this off? Um, two of our favorite shows we've been watching recently are Upload and uh, was Space Force, which I guess are the same creator, which is yes. pretty cool. Ernesto told us that. the one that. Told, okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we actually started watching Space Force, and then Ernesto, I I I don't have the actual quote. But she said that you said that upload is better. She's, he said different. It's different. You didn't it's say totally that. Well, you said that. You're not wrong. Yeah, the way you said it made it sound like it was better. What? If I, yeah. I mean, they're entirely different. I thought they yeah, were like they both great on their own merits. Like Space Force was like good and like really really funny. Where I thought like upload was it was funny, but it was also like a lot more like emotion was involved in it and like i don't know there was a lot more like complex and you had to think about it more correct but That's for like a simple lap i thought space force was like way better i got so emotional during upload i cried she cried so much you the guys whole i had to like stop it <laughs> <laughs> now, you don't know this about me but i'm i have all the feelings i cry all day every day when i get home from work <laughs> Dude, did you get in the car? <laughs> as soon as I get in the car, it's like <laughs> I get to deal with it. <laughs> but but I think but with Space Force, I think for me it's kind of sitting with me like The Office did. Like when I first watched The Office the first time, I didn't really care for it. And then I kind of I was telling you this last week, Matt. Like and then it eventually grew on me. Like some of the jokes, I did feel they they set up a little Jim Pam situation between the Chinese scientist. And the astronaut, one of the astronaut characters. So yeah, I thought that right. I, I thought was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. There, there are certain good points. It's just for me, like when you can, when I, I watched Upload, and I, I guess I was expecting something of that caliber, and then I watched Space Force. You know okay. what I mean? So, so I was like, you, but they are different. Watched, they are completely if you, different. If you watched it the other way around, I think you would have appreciated Space Force more. 
Possibly. It's very possible. Yeah. I, I don't know if I feel the same way because uh, I, I just finished watching Space Force and I didn't I didn't really care for it. I, it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was like, especially like the first two or three episodes, it's, I felt like it felt very flat and I was like, I was waiting for the joke to happen and it, and it never did in my opinion. Uh, I mean, as far as funny, yes, I will agree that I guess Space Force is advertised as a comedy and maybe, maybe they both are upload and Space Forces, but, uh, I, I feel like as far as like when they're trying to set up more jokes, in Space Force that I didn't particularly think was funny, but instead of or upload where I felt like they were trying to drive the story instead of setting up the next joke. You're right. You, it is two different types of humor. Like it was like a easy laugh in Space Force where like, yes. you know, they were trying to right. get like a monkey to whatever and get the wrench. Like that was to me, like I died. <laughs> that like, was hilarious. That was so funny. Like I, I was just dying. Uh, so. I, I, you're right. I did like that part. That was pretty okay. funny when they're trying to navigate that monkey. What about when Steve Carell was dancing in his office by himself? Like, I liked his little, like, what was he singing? Kokomo. Oh, yeah, Kokomo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't complete. I mean, it, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. Really. I, there, are certain po- there are certain aspects that are certainly enjoyable. I just think, yeah. to me, there were more lows than highs. But I, I'm definitely going to watch season two when it comes out. Because, yeah. you know, we'll see we'll see where it goes. I don't yeah. know if you guys are going to rewatch it at any point. But I thought there was, like, a weird episode of Space Force. And... Like, I was telling this to Michelle, and she didn't notice this, but episode five, I think it was, Steve Carell's character is entirely different than all the other episodes. So I was wondering if they shot that episode first, and he had, like, a character set, and he started acting like that character, and then they shot all the rest, and he's like, no, I'm actually going to change it. Because he sounds like this weird, like, kind of gruff, like, general guy in episode five, and the rest of it sounds like a regular guy. Wait, am I the only one who didn't notice this? I kind of uh, thought he had it. I I kind of felt it a little bit the whole way throughout, but I do yes. know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, he did have this. I, I think I noticed it the first episode where there was like this, like this, this weird, like brute force accent yeah. that he was dealing with. I'm like, what are you doing, Steve Carell? You know, you can use your same voice. That, yeah. That's that's not hurting you sound, your career. You sound fine. <laughs> you sound never fine, yeah. stuck. It like was never consistent. I will uh, say the one thing I hated was that they don't address why his wife is in prison. Oh <laughs> I love God. that. That yes. kills me. <laughs> that I think she, they, just, they escape on, I don't even remember, was it a rocket they escaped on? It was, spoiler alert for anybody. Helicopter, that's what it was. Helicopter, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually looked it up because it was bothering the hell out of me as well. Me too. And I was like, it, like did they purposefully do this? Or am I, is it just part of a joke that I didn't see at all? And there were some points in, in the, in the show where Steve Carell's like, yeah, you know, she, the, they, the, you know, the, my wife's in jail for 40 years. And I'm thinking, I'm, in my head, I'm like, for, you're going to tell me right now. Like, you're going yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, no, okay. All right. You're not, you're not telling me. Okay. And I looked it up and they said, oh, uh, or, uh, Greg Daniels said that, oh, we think, we think it's a, it's a good running joke that we don't know why. And I'm like, well, I'm, I don't find that very funny at all. You gotta. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I hate it. I, I love mean, it. Matt, I'm with you. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like pick a storyline and commit. Tell us what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the vagueness is what makes it funny. Like you don't know what it is. And I feel like if they keep on referencing it over like however many seasons they do it, and just like keep on referencing it over and over again, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that thing that happened." You're like, "What is what it?" Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that's, that's true. 
That, that's a good point because I feel like in some cases, like Arrested Development. Did you guys ever watch that show? Yes. That that they they had jokes like they were setting up jokes for like for until like season three. Like they could have said they could have told a joke in, in one, but you didn't get it till three. And then they just start repeating themselves. So they could be the that, this could be the foundation of these jokes mm-hmm. that I'm not getting and I don't find it funny. But then if they do like a two and three and then the show really picks up for me anyway. And then I'm like, oh, I get it now. Now it's funny. So it, it, they could be doing that aspect of it. Yeah, I hope so. Um, also, Arrested Development was great. We loved it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Many times. It's yeah. not what we're currently watching, although we recently just talked about rewatching it. We did talk about rewatching we it. We did talk about rewatching it. I, it took me, <laughs> for some reason, it was like a show I always had on the background, but like it was like a show that people say, you know, you got to watch it. Like they, they were always recommending it. And then I didn't, for some reason, I continued to still watch it and I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get it until like halfway through season three. And I was like, oh, now it's funny. And yeah. I don't. <laughs> And I don't know why I stuck around that long to get to that point, but I I, I feel like that that took a show that that show took a while for me to get into. Were you guys hooked on it like the first episode? Oh right away. Yeah yeah we oh, liked really? it. Yeah. I like weird quirky humor. Like I'm all about that awkwardness. I love it. I feel like there's like a lot of inside jokes that you have to think about, and you're like, okay yeah that's actually really funny. Yeah yeah. I thought season four was horrible by oh, the yeah, way. Terrible. Oh my I, like, god that's. I like I know like there's so many people that are like oh I think it's so funny blah blah, blah. And, like I rewatched it twice then I rewatched the um like they made like a special edition that was supposed to be cut more like the old ones yes and like there's the the ostrich joke like they kept on bringing it up and was like I don't it's it's an ostrich <laughs> that's literally the joke is there's an ostrich I don't even remember and it. I'm I like, hated it. Okay. I hated it. Hated it so much. <laughs> I, I actually thought that season four was was the best season. No. <laughs> I knew no. You were gonna say that. <laughs> you haven't even seen season five yet. No, I refuse. I'm like, oh, I can't no. commit. You're you're good. You don't need to. You don't need to watch. That. Okay. I, I take your word for it. You guys know your stuff. If anything like season four, then I'll skip it. <laughs> I don't know. I so watched. Go ahead. No, I was saying I watched the same. I watched the first couple seasons and then I I just kind of dropped off and then I was like, oh, it's back on Netflix. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Andrew, it sounds like we're so far we're having opposite opinions. So since yes. I don't like season five, you might really like season five then. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, can I tell you what I'm watching right now? Sure. The Golden Girls. <laughs> Tell us about the Golden Girls, Michelle. Well, Michelle. Well, Michelle, well Ernesto. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Well, Michelle. Well, Michelle. We speak in the third. <laughs> you guys I, I, just, I just woke up from my one hour nap. <laughs> Take a sip of some of Andrew's coffee and I think you'd be good. <laughs> I was wondering if I was allowed to drink during this podcast. I felt bad, but... Um, okay. No one's stopping you from drinking. Yeah. I didn't know if that was unprofessional. Drinking what now? Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol. Drink whatever you want. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about the Golden Girls. Um, the Golden Girls um, is funny. Lots of quick jokes like every, you know. I had never seen it from start to finish. And so I'm in there. I'm in there somewhere. Um, it is an interesting show. A little dated on some of the topics and whatever. But, um, yeah. I laugh. I do laugh. I, and I get more jokes now than I think if I would have watched it when it was on, just because, like, the whole Blanche is easy. Like, I don't think I would have gotten that back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> they make a lot of Blanche is easy jokes. 
Uh, would you say that it holds up today, watching it today? Uh, no, sometimes I watch it like cringing. I'm like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> some of the jokes are funny. Yeah, yeah, some of it's funny. I like all the stuff about like um, Sophia in Italy, obviously because of my Italian roots. And I know. feel like if you're our age, it's good. Like if it was somebody like maybe in their early 20s, they might be like, I don't get any of this. Like, cause like, I saw this stuff on TV. Wise, yeah, yeah, like. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of references I don't even get. That's true. Like, there are a lot of references you know, I don't get either. They reference people, and I'm like, oh, yes, that person. I certainly know. Like, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> they're, they're, like, referencing people who have been dead for 20 years by the time this show aired. So, right. Like, yeah. 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 So, that's what I'm currently watching. Anything I, else you want? I, I want to point this out. Oh. Uh, one of my favorite shows of this year, surprisingly... Desperate Housewives. Oh, I know. We just binge watched it. Like, oh, she wow. started watching it. And, like, my instinct is, like, whenever I hear the word housewives associated with a TV show, I'm like, I'm out. I'm good. Because I assumed it was, like, yeah, like, one of those, like, reality shows or something like that. And I had heard of Desperate Housewives, and I knew it wasn't a reality show, but, like, I didn't know exactly what it was. So, like, she's watching it. I think she's, like, halfway through season one, and, like, I'll come in and hang out and, like, play a video game or something. And I'm listening... And I kind of just, like, look up from time to time. I'm like, these characters are ridiculous. Yeah. And so I found out later on, it's basically, like, a high-end, high-budget soap opera. But it's it's not, like, as quirky and stupid as regular soap operas, but it's also, like, a little more ridiculous and more focused on the comedy aspect of it. I love so, it. So, like, we got hooked. Like, I got hooked after just getting through the first season so much so that by the time we got to the fourth season, I actually went back and started watching the first season from the beginning so I could understand, like, what was going on in the show. And we watched <laughs> it all the way to through season eight. Yeah, because I wasn't waiting oh, wow. for him. I was like, I watched it. <laughs> and so, like, I because I started watching it because when I do my makeup for work in the morning, I put my phone on a little stand and I watch a TV show and I put my headphones in just so I can, like, pass the time. Otherwise, I'm going to, like, pass out and fall asleep. So I, so I, that's when I started watching Desperate Housewives. So I was watching episodes without him, and then I started noting he was noticing he was interested because he would be like, "Wait, what happened when Bree did this? And what happened to Blue?" He's like, "Did you watch it without me?" And then like he went back and started watching from the beginning because he missed like a ton. I think I was more than season one. I think I was like into season been, two when you started. Yeah. You know. I have to reiterate, like I never watched stuff like that. So for me to like get so hooked on this, sure, I was like, "This sure. is really good." Like seriously, I've never watched anything like I. I like watching like a lot of like action and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm kind of on and off watching Supernatural right now. But this mm. show like totally surprised me. And I think like a big part of it is like the creators are like the the characters are in like a lot of different stuff. Like um what was what's his name? Uh, he's in like Twin Peaks. Oh um the murder. The main character in Twin Peaks is like a huge part of the show. And like it was so hilarious to see them in that and then be like, oh, that's the guy from Twin Peaks and like how I met your mother and stuff like that. So I just love Eva Longoria and <laughs> I love um, Brie. What's her name? Marsha Cross. I thought they were amazing. So I thought the characters were great and well developed and we, we flew through that. It, it, it also helped that we binge watched it during quarantine. Yep. So like, we literally yeah, that, had I would say this is a big help. Yeah. Nowhere yeah. to go and nothing to do. <laughs> what are, What's next to watch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, man. What, we're actually say... kind of in a dry spell when it comes to watching stuff right oh. now, I feel like. Yeah. Um, although I just talked with Adrian today, and he gave me some recommendations. So Good. I'll have to remember what those are when I talk to him again tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I got to write things down. <laughs> yeah. That'll help you, help you remember. 
Uh, so so uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. So did Michelle, did, were you waiting for him once he started rewatching or he's like, I'm going to continue watching and then you guys need to catch up? You know, he was like watching it with me while I was watching it. And then in his own time, rewatching from the beginning. So he was like in two seasons at once. But I was able to connect. But he, he figured oh, out. I see. Oh, that's, that's yeah. an interesting way of watching. And she it. was no, able I'll... to explain things as I was going along. She was like, oh, this character murdered this character. This character is this character's sister. It's not rocket science. He picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> But I had yeah, to explain I... things to you sometimes. You were like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also smart. <laughs> I remember uh, my girlfriend started Weeds. And, and, and also also there was another show that in a similar situation. I believe it was uh, also Stranger Things. I, for some reason, I wasn't on, on the board right on the, the train right away. And so, like, there's always, like, certain shows that she would put on. And I was like... And I was like, uh, what's that? She's like, oh, okay. And then, and then you're kind of like, okay, whatever. This looks stupid. And then like you're doing whatever. And and then you kind of just like, oh, what are what are you uh, what are you looking at? And then like you, so they say something. And then like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and, and watch it. And uh, and then I was like, who's this? What is she doing? What's her name? <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Exactly. What what's oh. what's going on here again? And then all of a sudden, like, do, you, do I do I need to restart this? Like, no, I'll catch up. Don't worry. And then and then all of a sudden, it, like, and, and then she gets mad at me. because like, this was my show. Now it's our show. And now I have to wait for you <laughs> to, to continue. That's what happened with us for Housewives. Yeah, she had was, to yeah. wait for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I got mad that she would watch it without me. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so then I started watching other things like The Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else am I going to watch now? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not going to want to watch this very, one. I'll watch the very relevant and timely Golden Girls. <laughs> Uh, another one of those cases were uh, was Tiger King. I had no yep. interest in watching Tiger King, and then among, among the height, like I think she watched the first episode, and she was like, "You gotta watch this. You gotta watch <laughs> this right now. This is this is wild." <laughs> Did you guys pop on that train? I was trying to get him to watch Tiger King. I hadn't started it, but I had listened to the podcast, so I knew what the story was. And obviously, working in the news, I had heard the story, so I knew what was going on. And when the thing came out, like, I was like, oh, God. And I didn't really want to start watching it, but I was like, we got to do it. Also in quarantine. So, um, yeah. But honestly, we never finished it. I don't think we watched the last episode. Oh, like, really? Like, wow. I know what happens. Yeah, so. I know. I know what happens. Carol oh, but- Baskin. She killed her husband. <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we, we all know. What's the and- song? <laughs> Oh, you know this song. <laughs> and then she bought Joe Exotic's um, farm. I listened yeah. to that recently. Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And then the will was forged. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, we already knew. <laughs> what, what was the particular reason? Like, because you started it and you're almost done with it and then you didn't finish it. Why, why, why not finish it if you already committed to all those episodes? I don't know. Um, I, I was actually going to tell you, I started watching Weeds and I got pretty far and then fell off like right towards like the last season. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just do that. We started watching True Blood a couple months ago oh. and she actually got tired. Like she was like, we got to watch True Blood. You should see True Blood. Because she had seen it like what season one is it through eight? I think I've or, seen the whole thing. It's like a All lot of seasons. Yeah. We watched one season, got halfway through, and she's like, I'm tired of this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, it was fine. Yeah. But I wasn't that into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've been watching like entirely too much TV, but I know it's because of coronavirus, so I feel okay about it. But hearing us talk about all the things we've watched in the last three months, I'm like, oh man, I gotta yeah. get up and move around. <laughs> I gotta go inside. <laughs> We, we 
uh, end up coming up with a, a quarantine list. So like I, all my notes on my phone, it's it's becoming quite a list now. And one one can call it an you know an embarrassment. Other you know can call it an accomplishment. So yeah, yeah, I like your thinking. Yeah, like, we're gonna flip that around. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah. Like it's all look about how perception. much. Yeah, exactly. Look how much we've accomplished in this yeah. quarantine time. I think we're very productive. Like yeah, you know the outside it's sunny and all, but I mean look at all the stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> up on a lot of references though like i do like we watched a lot of shows we've missed out on over the years so i feel good about that yeah it's like okay yeah. wow <laughs> uh, references. like i don't know like the desperate housewives stuff like the golden girls like it's like a the golden girls is like a cult like classic i feel like everybody yeah. loves it yeah and so like i feel like i've caught up on stuff that like i never understood before yeah like i really like the deadpool movies and i never understood it he was talking about with like b arthur and now i kind of get it <laughs> i know who the character is uh, so that's that that's that <laughs> uh did you guys catch any movies during your quarantine time, or at least recently, aside from our review for this week, which is Lost Girls, by the way, I for, we forgot to mention that. Well, but any watch that? Yeah. We'll fill you in. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we did watch. We watched Lovebirds um, on Netflix just the other day. Oh. That was yeah. a movie we watched. Um, I like, but I just want to say I like Issa Rae. I watch Insecure like um, religiously. I I love it. I think her humor is hilarious. Um, but the movie like it was just like, is it sticky? Is that the word? Like I don't know. It was date it was night. Funny. It was date night. Like have you guys seen date night with? Uh, yeah. It was date yeah. night, but with yep. different characters. Yeah. And not yeah. as funny. In my yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> It had its moments. Like it was funny it sometimes, but like, first of all, I want to point out the trailer ruins the movie. Oh yeah. If you watch the Netflix trailer, like the biggest joke in the entire movie gets ruined in the trailer. Yeah. Agreed. And so like you have nothing to look forward to. Like I was like watching the movie, I'm like, oh, so they ruined the biggest joke of the movie. Yeah. Oh. Cool. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I said the same exact thing to Matt. I said you put the uh, which one? Which which is the? What do you think is the biggest joke in the movie? The uh, Oh, I see exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told him the exact same thing. I was like, yeah. and each it was like each scene was just like a setup. It's like yeah. here we're gonna do a bunch of jokes here, and then we're gonna do a bunch of jokes here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I was I was telling Ernesto that uh, I think the movie would have been better if it was a mini series, and like I could see that if 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 they had like maybe twenty minute short like episodes of one adventure in this long night then maybe the spacing of it and the fact that maybe somebody rolled credits and then here's the next random adventure into this night, I think it might have played better than having one continuous movie and a story that didn't really connect with one another. And it was like loosely tied together at the end. It's like, oh yeah, here's how we should end the movie. That's actually a really great suggestion. You should have been on that. <laughs> well, now <laughs> that you say that, it's a Netflix exclusive. I almost wonder if it started as a series... And they started doing it, and they were probably like, "Oh, we don't have like enough content, enough content." <laughs> or like at some point, if they were like, "Just make it a movie, just snap it all together." Like, what yeah. if they did that? Like, what if it was supposed to be like episodic, and they changed their minds halfway through? Well, a Andrew, is that a word? Episodic. Episodic. Yeah, that's yeah. a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, got, he said it right. Yeah, he, got it. <laughs> he knows a few. He knows a few yeah, things. Yeah, he got I have never heard that. No, Andrew knows all the words. <laughs> 
Yeah, he always drops them in our conversations. <laughs> and the word of the day is, oh, I can squeeze episodic in today. <laughs> I'm going to make an Andrew word calendar. <laughs> um, Andrew, actually, uh, it was, I believe, always going to be a movie. Uh, it was actually supposed to be released in theaters in April. Oh. But then uh, Paramount sold it to Netflix because they wanted money. And I guess they didn't want to push it back. Oh. And and so that's how it became a Netflix original. Technically, Paramount did all the work and Netflix just gave him a check. And then yeah. it's like, it's ours now. I say that makes so much more sense. Because when I was talking about this with Adrian today, I said it didn't feel like a Netflix. Like it felt kind of like not low budget, but like low budgety. And like Netflix yeah. goes all out on their stuff. Yeah. So I was like, it didn't feel like Netflix to me. And, you know, and that's probably why, because they did not do it. Yeah. Yeah. They just bought Definitely. It. <laughs> Interesting. 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 Uh, do, do you uh, do you guys try to? I mean, based on what you're saying, I, I think the answer is going to be yes. But are you guys trying to stay up to date with like all the the streaming stuff, or are you rather kind of go back and like watch Desperate Housewives and Golden Girls? Like, are you trying to keep up or catch up? We do a little bit of both, I think. I like how Netflix has like the one through ten now, so yeah. I can see what everyone's watching. Um, like the most popular things. And I, I do like that because I feel like, I don't know, not necessarily like if everyone's watching it, it's good, but the chances are it's good. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Or at least everyone will be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I really like to watch, though, Michelle does not like to watch. <laughs> Debs was... Oh, yeah. Devastating. Debs was, well, you didn't see the whole thing. No, I mean, it was, like, devastatingly boring. Like, the first <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it, it was. wasn't boring. And I love Ron Swanson. See, I'm, like, really into, like, that existential cosmic horror type of stuff. Like, I just watched um, The Color Out of Space. I was really looking forward to seeing Antlers in uh, oh, April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that got pushed back to, yeah. like, I think next year or later this year, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I've been watching, like, uh, what's um, Altered Carbon oh. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh. I tried to get her to watch it, and she can't get into can't it. Can't get into it. Yeah, it's kind of like the sci-fi. Yeah. Did, did you have any interest of watching, uh, what's it called, Tales of the Loop? It's on Amazon. So I started watching it, and I actually I have a picture um, of the artist, or not of the artist. Um, That'd the, be weird. The original <laughs> artist is... Uh, Simon Stallenhog, I think it's pronounced, and he did all the, like, I believe Tales from the Loop is originally based on, I want to say a game or something like that, um, and, like, this this guy's been doing this for years, he's been making these, like, paintings and stuff, and it's inspired this game, there's, like, this whole community, and, like, I have, like, one of his paintings, his digital paintings on my wall that she got me for Valentine's Day, I think, nice. a couple years a couple ago. Years ago. Yeah. And then I used to have, like, all his digital paintings as, like, my background on my computer and stuff like that. And then when the Amazon series was announced, I was, like, so stoked. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then when I actually went to watch it, I was like, I don't feel like they actually looked at the paintings. Like, they were like, oh, that wow. looks cool. Like, kind of throw that in there. And the story was just underwhelming. I think I watched, like, one episode. And yeah. I just felt like they just kind of speckled the art in there. And I was like, the art is, like what you should be showing more than anything. Like that right. should be the primary focus. And like when they had these scenes where like it would cut away from like the characters talking and stuff, it would show like this big wide scene and these tiny little towers in the background. I'm like, I feel like you should push that in and like really like 
work on the imagery here, but it, it just felt underwhelming to me. See, I feel like you always watch things from like several different points of view, like you're watching from the storyline, but because you are like a videographer and you, you know, what was your major in college? Like cinema, was it cinematography? What was your major? Uh, I had a made up major. A made up major? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Do you tell? I believe. I believe it was called Teledramatic Arts and Technology. Ooh. Cat, but now, but now it's Cinematic Arts and Technology, so it's Cat. Uh, <laughs> it's not a real major. God, like, all of the words coming out of your mouth right now. Um, but no, you you know about like you know cinematography and stuff. So I know I think, about cinematography and stuff. Yeah, it's a it's, little bit. Somewhat. Maybe it felt like a, almost like it was a missed opportunity. Like you had a real opportunity to really focus on some good cinematography. It it feels like it was I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about any one. I don't I don't maybe if I had kept watching more would have happened. I just do feel like it was maybe like misplaced. Like I almost wonder I almost wonder what the original artist, Simon Stallenhog, actually thinks about the series. Like I'm sure he would be like, Oh, I love it, but in his mind is he like, God, they missed the point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because you know who he is and you actually like his artwork, it's different for you. Maybe people coming in who don't know anything about it, like, actually love the series. Like, yeah. you actually loved his artwork so much so that, like, I knew you loved his artwork. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so maybe that's why you didn't. It, it, it sounds like, you know, you're kind of you have a different appreciation for the source material, I guess, given to like any book. Uh, like a book that's been adapted into into a film, you love the book so much that you hold it into a different standard. And then when you see the movie, you're like, or TV show, you're like, well, that didn't do it justice, and now I yeah. don't like it. There was uh, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, Ernesto, but the uh, the Percy Jackson series. Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's I was reading the book right before the movie came out, and I was I was really into it, and then I got about halfway through the book. And then I, I watched the movie in the theaters and I was like, I felt like I was yelling at the movie. I'm like, you skip like five chapters. What are you doing? This is terrible. And then like about halfway through the movie is where it caught up with me in the book. And I was like, oh, you know, the, the ending wasn't bad, that bad because I didn't finish reading the book. So then I realized I'm never going to read again. <laughs> you know that way you're not as disappointed <laughs> i'm never disappointed yeah that's amazing did you guys see annihilation yes i did, I did. yeah uh, with um natalie portman correct yeah so yeah. i i saw it i loved the uh i loved the movie first of all um it's apparently the same guy who did gosh um uh, like 28 days later and actually he did devs um and one of my friends said it's an awesome movie but go read the book because it's like almost an entirely different thing. Like it's an entirely different story. Oh, really? Did, did, yeah. Did you read the book? I did not read the book. Not yet. I probably won't read the book because I don't have a time. Because I don't want it to ruin the movie. That's why I'm yeah. not reading the book. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That works. You no, know, I've been big on audiobooks because I don't have time to like sit down and read. Mm. Um, also, I fall asleep constantly um so hopefully not driving yeah. <laughs> um, so now when i go on walks i can listen to books or again like when i'm doing my makeup in the morning or blow drying my hair i can listen like that so that's how i you know plow through books makes it easier yep yeah cool story yeah i could tell any, by his face he hates that story any good ones you've been listening to um well i've started several and then just like not finished them recently um i can't even commit to audiobooks <laughs> well you know why because i also listen to podcasts too and those get wrapped up much quicker 
Um, so I can like complete like a walk and listen to like Crime Junkie or um, something else. What's the other one? I will not say what I'm listening to. Why? <laughs> but you can thank Jack and Dion Chino for it. It's trash. <laughs> The podcast is called Bitch Garbage. Bitch Garbage. I love it. Um, No, so I was listening to a book on forgiveness that I saw on the Today Show, and it was actually really good. Um, It was by um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Um, And so I was listening to that. And Hoda's book that she does like a quote a day, and it's like, you know, like an inspirational story, like to get your morning started. So I was listening to that every morning. It's like one for the year, like one every day of the year. Um, And then... I have Al Roker's new book on um, my, what is that, a a queue? Is that an audiobook queue? Yeah, so I've got several in there. Um, I did start listening to um, the audiobook, and I'm going to forget what it's called because it was like several months ago. Um, The Day the World Came to Town, is that, or like Come Away With Me? Do you know what that is? It was about like 9-11, and so everyone said that the play was amazing, and that the book was really good. So I started listening to it, but, and I hate to say this, I didn't like the audiobook reader. And mm. so I stopped listening to it. <laughs> yeah, that sometimes, cause I, I've listened to a few books and it really like the, the actual application itself really can hinder and how the application is done. Like if it ruins the experience for you. Yeah. I've had that happen a couple of times. Like I was just so frustrated on how it was operated. I'm like, I, I can't finish this. It's, it's too difficult. Like this yeah. needs to be somewhere else. I do have a goal to pick up all of those books again, like to go back and not start over, but pick them up and finish them because I paid for them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well that, that, that works too. <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else you've been watching before we uh, continue? I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, I think nope. that's it. We've covered it all. All right. <clears throat> all right, Matt, what you got? All right. So I, I watched a movie that's on, uh, on Hulu right now. It's called loose. But it's spelled L-U-C-E. It's a it's a name, and uh, it it stars uh, Octavia Spencer and Nicole Kidman, and it's it was actually a really good movie. It's it was a movie that, and I feel like I don't want to tell you about it because it's one of those movies where it's better if you know less. Okay. You know then. Yeah, that that sounds like yeah. That that's, Ernesto doesn't like to know anything. Uh, he just just goes into it. I feel like the less you know, the better. I think you get this experience from. But without telling you anything about the plot, what I would say that how I felt about the movie is that it's it's very current with what's going on right now, which I was not expecting walking into this movie. So that kind of surprised me as well. Uh, but it's perfe- purposefully ambiguous. And I was I had to do a lot of reading on it after I was done watching this movie. And the the director was like, based on your your age, your gender, your race, how you were raised, you can have a different perception on how this movie is. That's so interesting. And and he and and he and like and he really he wanted to have that in there because basically, I mean, I guess if to, to give it a genre, it's more like a a thriller drama situation with a little bit of mystery, but the mystery is what's really getting it because you have, basically you have all these things laid out in the movie, but you don't know who, which side you should be on in this particular argument. And then depending on who you are will depend on which side, I guess you're kind of following down the line because they're kind of like both giving two good points to an argument 
and it's up to you to decide where you felt like the movie kind of how, how you felt about the movie and like where you you sit with this particular uh, the uh, in scene or whatever. So so yeah, I, I, that's kind of where I'm gonna leave it there because I, I I think it's I think it was really good and uh, I, I recommend other uh, people to watch it. I have so a question. I, yes. Is it is it a new release or did you just find it now? Uh, it's it's uh, it is kind of a new release. It, it's on Hulu, but it's not a Hulu original. It's it's kind of like an indie movie. And typically with a lot of indie movies, they like they have like a small run in festivals and then they might have a very limited release, maybe two weeks or so in the theaters. And then uh, a streaming service will probably buy it out. And uh, and then it's 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 there on on that streaming service. And that's typically where it lives for a while. Um, Freaks, another movie that we kind of uh, we talked about, had a very similar, uh, 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 I guess, line. It's it's an indie film. Netflix ended up buying it. And then it was actually in their top 10 for a while. It gained a lot of popularity on there. And then also uh, Code 8 with uh, Robbie Amell and Steve Amell. That's another movie that was an indie flick that gained popularity through streaming services. So, yeah, so th- I feel like this is another one, maybe not as popular as the ones I just said, but I feel like it should be getting a little bit more recognition, especially how, you know, how the world is right now. I think that was a surprising movie. I wasn't expecting walking in there because I it, it was almost like, here's what you advertise. But, yeah, we did we did give you this, but we're giving you a lot more to think about. It's definitely a thinker. That's for sure. Love it. So I, I'm going to ask recommend... you to repeat all of that at work another day. Okay. <laughs> write that down for me. Yeah, yeah. I'll write that right now. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Michelle and Andrew, I watched uh, The Young, the, I'm sorry, the, the Wrong Missy with uh, David Spade. <laughs> and I don't even know the other woman's name that was in it. Uh, I, I, I know you guys watched. I want to hear your opinion first before I give mine. What what'd you feel about, what did you think about the movie? It's silly. It, I, I don't know. It started out like I was really frustrated because it just was starting like it was ending up to be like one of those, I guess, generic. Everything goes wrong for the main character. I hate kind of that, movies. by the way. I don't know. It didn't really end. I have like kind of a grudge against Adam Sandler these days. Like anything <laughs> that he puts out, I'm like not a fan. I, nope. I used to love everything. And like there was just one turning point. And I was like. I don't like any of this. Mm. Um, I like David Spade. I Me too. I thought he was great in the movie. Um, but I just kind of wish, like, I don't know. It, his character changed, like, just turned on a dime. And I didn't feel like there was any motivation for it at all. It just, yeah. like, they were like, well, that's the story. So that's how it goes. Right, I right. That. I didn't love, I hate movies where and shows where, like, everything goes wrong for the main character. And there's, like, no letting up. It's just, like, a constant beatdown. Like, I hate that. And for no reason at all, because just because everyone around you is an idiot, you're like, no, this makes no sense. Everyone's so stupid. Like, I hate that. Um, and I just felt like it was way over the top, especially with, like, the shark scene and you know like it was just oh, yeah like the barfing like it was too much i was like oh my god but i do like david spade so i was like i will stick this out <laughs> i love the cliff scene that i i actually <laughs> yeah. i laughed so loud and she wasn't looking that i actually rewound it back like 20 seconds i was like watch this again and we laughed again i don't know why like for some reason like 
scenes like that in movies always crack me up. Like, ah, oh, fell off the cliff and hit their head. Hilarious. <laughs> like the horse scene in Lovebirds. Like the horse scene in Lovebirds. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody getting destroyed? It's it's very funny entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody falling or getting kicked on or going off? Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I, I come on, I'm on the same boat. I didn't find it very funny at all. And I, I felt like uh, I, her name is Missy, obviously, played by Lauren Lapkus. I thought I said that name correctly. And she was overly obnoxious for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And like, I get it. I understand it. But it was like, I felt like you took it to another level that just, just feels like, like this. I don't like you. I don't like this character at all like that that's where we got to that point and then like you said there was like a turn where it's like oh you know i got a spoiler for the movie and ernesto is not much of a shocker of how this turns out (laughs) Uh, but but all of a sudden you know david spade has has feeling for this obnoxious person Uh, you know go figure yes and and then i'm like but why she didn't do anything nothing happened Nothing happened, nothing right? Nothing incredible or redeeming at all. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of into her now, and I'm like, no, I I still don't for no reason. She, for no reason. Yeah, you didn't do anything. I I and it was almost like, well, I, it, it's 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 almost like, well, if you spend enough time with a person, you like them. I'm like, well, I don't think that's always the case. I don't know. That's called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because she's there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there was a point, so like. The wrong Missy. So there was another person named Melissa that's on his phone that he was supposed to invite to this Hawaiian work retreat. And he ended up uh, texting the wrong one instead. And then toward the end, again, spoiler, the the other woman who was supposed to be there ends up showing up and he couldn't give her the time of day. I'm like, but why? Like you could because she's she's better than the other person and she didn't redeem herself. (laughs) Not only that, when they set up the meet between him and the, I guess we'll call her the right Missy in the beginning, they had so much in common. They were reading the same books and like, they made it like, you know, they were supposed to be together. And then all of a sudden he was like, I want nothing to do with this girl who cares. Like, yeah, Yeah, basically. And like, you're not even going to give her a chance. You really like, it was that good of a weekend where you're like, you hated her at the beginning. And then like, you know, I'm absolutely in love with her. Uh, right now, and I'm not even to give this lady the time of day, even though she flew wherever she was all the way to Hawaii just to be with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we are I... on the same page with that movie. <laughs> also, the wrong movie, the wrong Missy, <laughs> literally threatens him with murder after she finds out about the other woman. She's That's like, I'm it. going to murder you. And he's like, I still love you, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it doesn't work like right there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen, like, I look at this director and he has, like, a history of making these type of movies. Where, where were your thoughts on um, uh, Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler? Never saw I've never it. Seen it. Never wanted yeah. to see it. Yeah. Well, he, he's also the, he's, like, <laughs> he's also the director of that. So, uh, like a, right. a meme about, like, or no, it was, it was South Park predicted an Adam Sandler movie where he plays his own sister and then it happened. Yeah. <laughs> if really? I'm not mistaken. Is that what that movie is about? I think yeah, Adam yeah. Sandler oh. is himself. And I mean, whatever character he plays. And then he also plays his sister and South Park predicted this movie like five years before it happened or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, 
It, no. It's almost like the Simpsons, who they are predicting everything that's happening. Everything. Every, every, every the little future. thing. Yeah. <laughs> they predict. Literally, Trump is president. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, the, and the murder hornets, right? And then they also predict that as well? No. I'm sure they did. They did, yeah. I was reading something online. They were like, oh, yeah, and the Simpsons predicted that too. Oh, my so, yeah, it's, it's kind of writing these episodes. Yeah, I know, right? Them. <laughs> <laughs> this person definitely has a time machine. He just Didn't not- they predict something with a pandemic too recently? Or yes, yes, it was that, very. It was similar. Yeah, it was. It was totally so like weird. Sickness. Uh, yeah, that is crazy. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm glad we're on the same page because I, for some reason, when I watch this movie, I'm like, I bet they're gonna love it, and I'm gonna have some things to say. <laughs> <laughs> We did not love it. <laughs> that, that's good to know. I'm glad there's there's some balance here yeah. on that. <laughs> and then um the the last movie I saw was um the half of it where it follows it the, on, on the actual poster and I kind of noticed it after I watched it and it's very true. Um and it said it's a different kind of love story. And I was like, oh. and then after watching it, I was like, oh, it is a different kind of love story. We just watched uh, the trailer for that. We didn't understand. We didn't know what it was going to be about. Do you remember? Oh, He's yeah, yeah, yeah. up on his phone right yeah, now. Yeah, no. Yeah. So watching the, the trailer, I was like, I was like, is this like she loves the girl? Right. Or the guy loves the, or we she loves. And then I'm just like, I don't understand what this movie is about. And then I looked at the tags and it like it says like lesbian. And I'm like, oh, so what is that? And then at the end of the trailer, I'm like, it isn't that. What is this movie about? Yeah, it did right. say it was like LGBTQ yeah, like yeah. genre or, yeah. you know. And so we were like, oh, that is what it's about. And then at the end, I was like, no, I think she loves the guy. Like, I don't know. So I, I, I would watch it. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. probably would watch it. It looks good. But it I was just very confused by the trailer. Yeah, no, yes, it, 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 I, can under, I can see where your confusion is, because in the movie, they kind of play along with that as well. It's, it's, um, so basically, the, the, the dude, uh, uh, I should probably give him a name, uh, his, uh, his name is Paul. So Paul likes this, this girl named Aster, and, and uh, the, the other woman's name is Ellie, who's kind of like uh, the, the smart person in the class, and everyone's paying her to to write all their papers and so in this case paul was like hey i want you can you write this love letter for me for this woman uh, that i really like and he's like this jock and he's not really he's not really good with words obviously that they kind of read one of the things he wrote down and he's terrible at it and so so basically he pays her to write a love letter and within that there was a back and forth exchange where then now, you know, Ellie started falling in love with Astro based on the writing because technically they're having the conversation. But he oh. thinks it's Paul who's writing all of that and not Ellie, who is the person who's really writing it. So but based on what she is responding with, Astro's responding with um, is where we uh, that's kind of where our story takes off. And so in the midst of all that, Paul is spending a lot of time with Ellie. Astro is writing to to Ellie and not Paul. And so like you're having this kind of love triangle of sorts and, uh, and, and it's, and it's very interesting. And then I think where it really got to me was how the movie ended. I'm not going to spoil anything, but that's where I felt like a different kind of love story. That's where that tagline really holds true on how the movie ended because 
it, it, I, don't, I feel like it doesn't end the way you think it's going to end. I Come love on. that. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. see that now. Like you just sold it better than the trailer sold it. Because <laughs> watching the trailer, I was like, I don't know, I don't understand what's going to happen. And you know, obviously that's a lot of movies, but you just made me more interested in watching it. We were probably going to watch it anyway, but yeah. actually, I felt like I wasn't going to watch it because oh, I didn't yeah. understand yeah. it. But now I feel like I <laughs> now he's going to watch it. Yeah. That would be something I watch without him, like on a Saturday morning, because I know he won't watch it with me, or you know. Well, I based on the trailer right? yeah. based on the trailer like after we watched it, i was like do we want to watch this or no i also feel like, like things with you don't watch things with younger characters you don't i don't know like i feel like i watched that show that we were talking about before the one you can't even remember uh never have i ever and and like the, and the characters are all in high school like i watched it and at first i was like am i too old to be watching this and then like my mid i'm in my late 30s darn it, I'm in my late 30s, can I watch this? And then, um, and, but you watched it and you liked it, but I don't know if you would click on it on your own. I mean, maybe not. I watched the package and Euphoria, okay. but you found Euphoria. Yeah, I see, that's the thing. Like, I'll watch more, like, I think, like, not younger audience, but things of, like, younger. I think I'm afraid of tween age movies See, and that's the thing. Like, is it tween like i also watched um for, and i resisted for a while to all the boys i've loved before i was like this is going to be too young for me like but then i watched it and i was like that was really cute like i really liked it yeah i, I think you might have a different obviously you know a, maybe a different perspective on the film because in this case you could be like yeah this is kind of what it was like maybe when i was that age and and stuff like that, or maybe the, maybe the similar feelings of how I was feeling, you know, when you were, because this is this is these are these are characters in high school. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Like obviously, I feel like all of the emotion that you have in high school, for the most part, everyone has a different high school experience, but I think we all share similar emotions on how we are reacting with other people, and I feel like you know, with all if with most high school movies or and and TV shows, you kind of have that same balance, and so I think there's a lot that you could relate to depending on doesn't matter who the at what age or uh the the actors are and what type of movie this is for if if anything it's like yes technically they could be geared to teenagers but but adults can really appreciate them as well yeah that's what i found with a lot of the more recent like teenage things like i won't watch um i don't know like high school like what's the one like one tree like i've never seen like one tree hill or i've never seen like the gilmore girl like and I don't even know if Gilmore Girls qualifies as like a high school or like what is the one with like Blake Lively? What was that one that was? Really oh, cool? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Like yeah. I didn't watch any of that stuff, but I feel like these are I you know I've been more interested in. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they're done, but. And also, character it, stories, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. And also, it just it just a testament to Netflix itself because they are they're always putting out really good content. Uh, and no matter if you like it or not, I mean, for, for example, this movie came out on, I believe, May, uh, May something. I believe in the beginning of May, this this movie was released. Two weeks later, you had the wrong Missy. And so, like, there's, there's, you know, I think it's tailored to a lot of different audiences that you can have a movie like the half of it. And then you have, like, your wacky comedy like The Wrong Missy. And it's appealing to a whole bunch of def a different uh, genres and demographics that – you know, you're really not going in wrong. You're not, you're not really, uh, what's what I'm trying to say. It's like when you're going into a movie, there's some level of production value and story that you feel like you're going to get when you see a Netflix movie. And I feel like that was a good example of it. And, and the wrong Missy in some cases, at least it was, you know, they had some decent shots of the Island. 
Well, they also yeah. had like a, a cast like. Whoa. They had well, like David Spade is like I would say a pretty like. Big, a decent pretty, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big big name. Name. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, the funny thing I did not know so. Uh, where we work, we before the pandemic happened, we used to have people come on to the show and we interview them. And so it's funny because we actually had uh, an actress come on to to the show. And I remember like, I don't know who she is when she came to the studio and I and I looked her up. I'm like, oh, OK, she's in this and she's in a, you know, in, in this show. And then when I looked when I looked up the movie, I'm like, why have I seen this name before? And why have I have seen this photo before? And then after I did some digging, I'm like, oh, she was in the studio. So I'm like, well, I'm like, all right. So she is, uh, she's an Orlando local and she plays uh, Ellie uh, Chu, who's, who's in the movie. So I'm like, oh, I, I, I do know you kind of, you know, you know, I Wait, know. she was in our studio. Correct. Yes. Was I there? Uh, <laughs> probably. I think oh my so. goodness. Now I, I have to look it up. I know Adrian was the one who who interviewed her. Okay, okay. So, maybe I wasn't. Uh, maybe it was. What was the movie? Uh, the it was she was she was uh she was there for a TV show called Nancy Drew. Uh, oh. So she so she she's she's a recurring character on that show. Uh, <laughs> but she just recently starred in the Netflix film that I was just talking about the half of it. Oh, so she's the one in the half of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's so she's the one in the half of it. But I was like, I've, I've I feel like I've done this research before when I was doing it in the first place. And I'm like, oh, because I, I have and I know you. And I was like literally five feet away from you. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I probably saw her walking through the newsroom and like didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, Ernesto, that's all I've been watching. I, we caught up with Space Force, but uh, we already talked about that earlier. Um, so I've, we right now, me and the wife, we are plowing through The Leftovers. Have you guys seen The Leftovers on HBO? We started it. Yeah, I remember like five, five years, years ago. ago. Stuart <laughs> recommended it, and we got through the first season. No. We didn't even get through the first season. the first episode. No, we watched more than the first I think episode. we watched maybe two episodes. Maybe two episodes. We watched more than that. No. I don't. And actually, I don't blame you because that's how I originally got onto the show. Like a couple, a bunch of years, like three or four years ago, I got into it and I watched the first season and I just like I casually watched it. I couldn't I just I didn't get into it. But now I don't know what it is now, but maybe being older and after watching this is Damon uh, Lindelof's first show before he did Watchmen and we did Watchmen and Watchmen is in a great, great show on HBO. That's so that's what Adrian said to watch. Oh, yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, it's, watch Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen is incredible. Incredible. So I was like, well, let me see some of his other work. So we started The Leftovers. And for those who don't know it, the premise of the show is it's based off the New Testament in the Bible. So 2% of the world's population, they what they consider is lifted. They depart. They just leave. Nobody knows what happened. And it's it's not even so much about what happened to these people. It's more about dealing with the character stories of the people dealing with the aftermath of losing these individuals and just different situations. And it's Man, it's it's really really good. Like, yeah. I can't I can't can't think about it. I can't rave about it enough. Like That's... season season two, they they um they take this one situation, the opening two episodes, and you see the same moment but from different perspectives. Which always to me, I always love seeing. I always because it's the same situation, but you never know how the other person's reacting to it. So it's different to see like what that person was thinking about. Um, uh, Regina King is back in it, Matt. Um, oh really okay yeah and then i don't remember his name but the guy who plays her grandfather in watchmen 
Yeah, he also she, play he also plays her grandfather in the leftovers. Oh, so, so Damon Damon Lundelof really likes these characters then, or these uh, actors, I should say. And you know, I've I've never seen uh, Justin Theroux. He's the main character in that, and I've never seen anything else he's done before. But man, he just he has these moments where he just just looks completely vulnerable on camera. Like he just put like you can tell when he's on camera. Like he completely puts it all out there. Like there's mm. one moment where he's um Amy. Brenneman, I think her name is, who plays his girlfriend. Um, he's asking for help, and he's like, you know, he's he's she she he has this thing where he sleepwalks and he does a bunch of crazy shit. It's just something that happens in the show. And, <laughs> I don't because I don't want to give I don't want to give too much away. But you're being very he, careful with your words right now. I I am I am I am. So she she has to handcuff him so he doesn't so he doesn't sleepwalk, and he's just like. You know, for somebody who's going through that, like that's he's like, I'm I'm going through all these crazy things and I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Like I'm just asking for help. And he's you know, they both she handcuffs him and they, they lay in the bed. She's like, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. And it's mad. It's kind of what I was telling you before, like anytime you see a relationship or a relationship movies, it's like it's not about what you go through during the good times. It's who is that person when shit gets real? Like mm-hmm. when shit gets real in a relationship. That's what that. And to me, they. They re- it just a really good cue to their writing, you know, really great writing on the show. Um, they put a lot of detail in the open sequences, similar, just like they do in Watchmen. So I thought that was a cute, a cool nod. Like the opening sequence is different in each season. There's like a different theme song. There's different artwork that they put in there. Um, and, you know, just like when you were watching Ozark, you how you love Jason Bateman's uh, directing. Yes. Matt, sorry, I wasn't sure if you were hearing me. Uh, yeah, no, go, Mimi, keep going, yeah. Mimi Leader, she's an, an executive producer on the show, and every time one of her episodes are coming up, I was like, man, I could just, I can feel it, like in the writing <laughs> yeah. and, and directing and the cinematography. I was like, this episode is on point, and I was gonna tell my wife, I said, I bet it's directed by such and such, and she's like, <laughs> I was, as soon as the credits were, I was like, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta jump up and down like yeah. I knew it. I called yeah. it. So we're so <laughs> primarily we've been pounding through that. We've already finished a season one, season two. We're just starting the final season, season three, and it's nice because like the series is done, so I don't have to worry about anything else coming out. Like I I can see the whole story from beginning to end. Uh, this weekend when we went to go visit family and some Jack, we went to go visit family in Jacksonville. We were all just hanging out in the living room, and on the background. They were they had the we were flipping between the office and that 70s show. And it was just oh. a yeah, and it was just like a cool reminder. It's like th- these are like perfect shows to have on in the background. Because then yeah. it's like you can you can pull yourself out of the show and you can just be talking, interacting with people, and then you find you remember like, oh, I remember this episode. This is a really good scene, and you like find yourself watch catching yourself watching it. <laughs> <laughs> My family's boring now. I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> <laughs> friendly too like it's not something you're gonna like cringe with your parents around or something that's somebody's show is not family friendly <laughs> it's, not terrible. No, it's not it's not the worst thing we've seen it's, uh, it's definitely in the middle yeah <laughs> somewhere it's on regular tv at like 11 o'clock at night <laughs> that's it? i don't remember that although i didn't watch it when it was on yeah um i also yesterday when i was uh building my daughter's bed uh we watched the i plowed through the entire epstein documentary on netflix oh man that man is disgust it's disgusting it's it's really really hard to watch um they have an interview with the vanity for a vanity fair reporter i don't remember her name and she's she basically tags the whole what encompasses what the whole documentary about she's like it's the ultimate story of a of abuse of power money and it's like yeah 
That's exactly what happens. And you see it from like what the what happened here in Florida, what happened in New York, and just like how he was able to take girls back and forth throughout the country to different countries. Like it's it's really, really disgusting. But I did love the way they ended it. They ended it with showing how some of the women were like fighting the strength to keep to keep fighting to fight. Like some of them are involved in different movements, some of them donate money, some of them are just like along for the cause. So I thought I thought that was really good. Um, also, after, you know, given our world situation, I saw you remember last week um, in Atlanta, there was an interview with Killer Mike just yeah. talking yeah. riots yeah. and everything. So he actually has a documentary on Netflix called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike and different episode. He just talks it about like um, just racism in in America. He talks the first episode deals with like the black economy. So he the whole the episode basis, he's three days only only buying from black owned companies. Because he talks about how they how to keep the economic dollars back, how to keep them in the black community. And it was it was funny in the episode because like he was he went to this restaurant and he was a black owned business and he's with his partner and they're eating and he's white. But, you know, Killer Mike is black and he's he's eating the ribs. And then before they go to eat, his partner goes, oh, do you know if the farmer was black owned and Killer Mike back? <laughs> And he, asked, and he asked the owner and the owner goes, no, he goes, I just buy whatever is local. And he's like, I can't eat here. And it wasn't until the end, almost like a day and a half that he couldn't find food that he could like a restaurant food that he can eat. He oh, found wow. he found this in Atlanta. There's a soul food restaurant where they actually have a garden as well. So he found a black farmer with that caters to a black restaurant. And then wow. she made this whole spread for them. It was really, really nice. And that was just the first episode. In the second episode, he talks about the importance of vocation, like, you know, learning skills, learning trades. Um, and the, the way he thought to do this, this is really crazy. He's like, he shows some statistics about how many people watch pornography. So he's like, what if we made vocational pornography? And that's literally what the whole second episode. Oh my God. What does that mean? Wait, I'm not even. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, like when people are like learning. There's, there's a certain he would make he made pornos, but in the pornos they had that you're learn in the video you learn a trade. You're learning like, a skill. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that before though, like in like a like a sitcom or or something like that where they're like, let's try to teach. That is, that is a thing. I've seen something like that before. They're like, let's try to teach people. It might even have been this. It might have been. I might, might have seen this, actually. Um, but it, that is so funny. I thought that's why people watch porn, to learn a skill. But it was, it was uh, interesting. He actually... Man, he, <laughs> I think that was in a comedy sketch. And like... He even went. I mean, he, he he tried to do it right. He went to like a sex therapist and was like, "How can we make this positive for like gay men, LGBT rights, like make make it empowering for women?" So like, one scene was like a woman taking charge of the plumber. He's like, "Oh, you gotta fix that pipe." He's like, <laughs> he's like, you go. He goes through like the plumber snake and like they're actually teaching you how to do it. <laughs> oh I'm gonna need to this because I he has to always snake the drains. I'm like, can you do it? Ew, I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> and, I mean, there's a couple more episodes on there. I'm I'm very curious to see what else is on there. It's, I thought it, I thought it was very good. Um, um, so it's funny you say that. Our favorite comedian actually did a skit or not a skit, but a stand up about that. He was like, what if we made porn that teaches people like 
how to learn a language. Yeah. And you can imagine how that goes. Yeah. yeah. You like Tom Segura. Oh, Tom Segura is hilarious. I think he's so. my favorite comedian. Yeah, yeah. I would say he's one of my favorites too. Uh, Matt, that's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a way to end it. Wait, wait, yeah. can I ask one question? Ernesto, what did you say? It was on Netflix or Hulu? Uh, it's on Netflix. Netflix, okay. Killer Mike. Trigger, trigger warning. Trigger Killer Mike. Okay. Trigger warning, Killer Mike, yes. Um, yeah, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> to end your, your watch list. <laughs> um, all right, so with, with that, we're going to uh, dive into our spoiler review of our movie of the week, which is Lost Girls. And Ernesto, I, I, I have to tell you something. I perfect, per, I, well, I purposefully, <laughs> whatever, getting there, words are hard. <laughs> uh, I purposefully didn't tell you a, a bit of information. Uh, Michelle actually uh, texted me saying that she uh, so the, the the movie that we were uh, the movie that we are reviewing this week is based on a true story and it takes place in New York and Michelle told me that she actually covered the story when she was in New York and uh, I want to hear a little bit more about her experience before we get into the review on. <laughs> On this. Oh, I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. So, yeah, just so you know, Ernesto, Matt asked me not to tell you. Right under the bus. This was not uh, my idea. Killing me. I wanted to tell you so bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I worked in New York. I grew up in New York and I was on um, TV in New York for years. I did um, six years as a reporter and anchor. So I reported and um, anchored at a small station on Long Island. It was called uh, TV 10 and 55. And um, during the time, so the movie is about the infamous, we called it the Gilgo Beach Killer. And then it, it later became known as the Long Island Serial Killer, the LISC. Um, but back in the day, I was on the news, you know, when this first came about. And it was crazy because obviously, Anytime you have a serial killer, you're just like, what is happening? And you're watching it unfold slowly. Um, and so when Matt told me about the movie, I was like, all right, we'll watch the trailer. Let's see what this is about. Um, and he told me, like, and obviously from the name, I can, un, you know, guess what it could be about. But, like, I'm telling you, what was it? Five seconds into the trailer, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is the Gilgo Beach Killer. Uh, I know I sound really excited about a killer. But, um <laughs> It, but it was just interesting because I didn't know they were making a movie about it. I've, I've listened to a podcast about it since. Um, but we started watching a documentary about it, too. Like yeah, we did. Back. Yeah, a documentary. Mm. But I don't know if we ever finished it. Yeah, I don't think we did. Um, so <clears throat> I worked in TV news in New York for, um, like I said, six years. And so this case, obviously, still not solved. Um, so it was going on when I left. I left New York in 2011 to go to California, and I didn't really follow it all that closely, all the developments, but I know that like it's never really been solved. However, um, when I was working there, um, the Ernesto, did you see the movie? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so you saw. Okay, I just wanted to know. Um, so the main character, um, the mom, I have spoken to her, and I'm actually still Facebook friends with her. Unfortunately, she's not alive anymore. Um, right. So when Why I was, is that? she was, well, she was killed by her other daughter. Yeah. Um, so when back in the day when I was an anchor, I remember we connected on Facebook and um, we talked on the phone, and um, so it was just kind of weird in the movie. Not weird, but like it was, it, it was weird. It was weird to see these characters portrayed, but. The one thing that um, 
I felt like, and I won't give my review of the movie yet, I felt like I couldn't, like I connected with seeing, and I thought it was exciting seeing the characters that they were portraying, like the officials and like they use like the real crime scene video. And like, I saw the mic flag of my TV station. I thought that was really exciting. But um, the story, I, I wonder how much of the actual story was, obviously it's based on a true story. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much of this was actually happening behind the scenes. Um, but I did go into it knowing that, A, she is no longer alive. She was killed by her daughter. So I saw them kind of laying the groundwork for, you know, her daughter was taking pills and there was something wrong and she was having like, I don't know, was it a psychotic? Yeah, she's angry and she has some problems. So like, and immediately I was like, that's the one that killed her. Um, so, <laughs> but Ernesto, so like I said, I'm still Facebook friends with her. And I remember, I, can't, I forgot to look up the year, but I think it was like 2016 around-ish because I was still, I was here in Florida. Um, I saw a bunch of people like, writing on her page, like, I can't believe this has happened and blah, blah, blah. Like it was like coming up in my newsfeed and um, like, I hadn't seen anything from her in forever. Um, and so I checked and I saw what happened, which was very sad. I mean, this woman had clearly, you know, a rough life um, losing her daughter, but yeah. So it was interesting to see how the case unfolded and, you know, like Richard Dormer, you know, the main, you know, law enforcement official, um, I have interviewed him and it was weird to see that. And like Tom's photo who they used in like the press conference footage, like actual Tom's photo, like that's somebody I've dealt with, you know, in my reporting. So it was just crazy to see. So. Interesting. Yeah. That's that. Was that not as interesting as I made it sound originally? <laughs> no, it was. I'm just, I'm just very engaged in what you're saying. <laughs> no, Matt was like, it's like, what do you say, Michelle? <laughs> Well, I've heard I heard some of this I heard some of this stuff already, but I just thought it was crazy because she she texted me. She's like, "Did you did you pick this movie because you knew I covered it?" And I was like, "Of course I did." Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> That's the only reason why I picked it because because we do our homework here. We know who, what what stories you've done before. I know where you're from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, Andrew, Michelle, what do you think of, of Lost Girls? Now, after hearing your story. We didn't like it. Oh. I wasn't crazy about it. Like, <laughs> just specifically, like, I actually, when we first started watching it, like, the thing about us is we watch a movie for, like, 10 minutes, and if we're not hooked, we won't watch it. Like, we literally, we kind of had a bad weekend, actually, because we kept on trying to watch all these different things. We were like, not into it, not into it. We just yeah. turned things off after, like, five minutes. Like, we have mm. to be, like, hooked in some way. And with this, like after like 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, this movie's just not doing it for me. So like from there, I was like, let me just like try to evaluate the cinematography. Right. And I didn't think even that was anything special. It was just, it just was a very standard movie. I feel like they were just trying to get a story across, but they didn't like go out of their way to make it particularly interesting. So for me, yeah, I wasn't, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. I think of, about like the halfway point, I was just kind of like texting on my phone and stuff and just kind of listening to the movie in the background. Right. I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. I felt like the story not was like disjointed, but um, I just felt like, I don't know. There was something about it that I didn't connect to. Like, and it wasn't that it was bad acting. It was kind of slow, but I, I don't know. I thought I was going to really be into it more and I just wasn't. And I don't know if it's because I watched that play out in real life and I was like, I, or if it was because there were so many other characters and I'm more of like, I was expecting to see more of the investigation side 
rather than the mom and the family and then the other families and, you know, all that stuff and what was going on behind the scenes. But I, I don't know. And I just, and I also wonder like how much of that really happened, you know, when I was exactly, watching it, like, yeah. did she really run onto the crime scene? Like, right. you can't I, do that. <laughs> I found myself that. asking those same questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what is going on? But all that stuff, like, I do know, like the facts of the case were, pretty much like what they said, like that doctor did call her, you know, they got that part of the story, right. But obviously they had to like fill in the blanks with the emotional and family and, you know, those stories. I, I felt like with a lot of this in this movie and kind of what you were saying is that like, did she, was she really going out and doing all the investigative work? <laughs> like, cause I felt like that she was doing, and I think that, I mean, that was the whole point of the movie, but she was doing more work to try to find like try to solve the mystery of, of her daughter. But yet I, I felt like there was like, she was doing a lot of work yes. and like, and for a person who in the, in the beginning of the movie, they were showcasing how she was struggling financially and they, you know, she was complaining about her hours getting cut and she, you can tell she was working at a diner and they had just had one phone call of her be like, Hey, can you cover my shift? But then after that, they didn't really go back to it. Mm-hmm. about, you know, struggling financially. So like, so now you're spending all of this time trying to, and I, and I understand, like, you know, obviously if, if your daughter goes missing, yeah, that's your full priority. Nothing's concerned about, but they didn't really focus on, you know, how is this affecting her, I guess her, her life, her life, I guess in general, like her home life. They, they, but I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, I, I'm not sure how much of it, I believe of her like, you know, doing all the phone calls and trying to get basically do all the investigative work and like instantly showing up to the police station and be like, yeah. I found all this information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now now here now here you go. And like I know there was one line in the movie where she was like she said something like or or Dormer said something like, Don't go to the media or she's like, I'm gonna talk yes. to the media. But like I talked to her on the phone. So like <laughs> I know she was talking to the media and she was like, I remember and forgive me, it's been 10 years. So like, I don't remember yeah. a lot of like all the details, but I just remember she was adamant about finding her daughter and she wound up not finding her for a very long time. All those other people were found first, you know, and that's right. gotta be brutal. And, but like, again, was she at the police station? Was she at the crime scene? Was she, you know, like, I don't know. Cause don't forget, she didn't really live all that close either. Yeah. Um, right. It's sure that it was a little bit of a distance away for her. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can't remember you know, how active I, and I have no idea how active she was in the investigation on her own. Like, I can't say any of that, but I do remember she talked to the media. I, I, I remember that. Yeah. It, I believe it there. I think some time had passed in the movie itself because yes. I think they had a visual, uh, the first visual. And then it, I think it's like one year later. And, and then the, I think the next scene was she was watching an old tape of her daughter singing. And then they, I think one of the guys called her and be like, Hey, you know, uh, I think Pat, uh, Peter, I think his name, Peter Hatchet, he, he's, he's moving. So you should, uh, go talk to him. Yeah. And, and then when he, when she did that, like, I thought they were trying to go into his backyard, but were they able to do the search because he was moving? He couldn't do that search 
a year ago, like the yeah. the the police yeah. force did all like they're like mowing down all the grass to do some more investigating. Like, well, you couldn't do that before. Why did I, you have to wait a year later for that? Yeah, I don't know, because I'm under the impression if the police need to search your backyard, they're going to dig up whatever they need. to. Dig right. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I had the same questions. And I don't really remember, uh, again, like, I don't remember the details of the investigation. However, I will say this movie has re-sparked my interest, like, reignited my interest in that case. And I do want to go back and, like, read more about it because it was a huge case. And, you know, I was there at the very beginning of it. But then, you know, life happens. I moved away. Right. Covered thousands of other stories in other areas. And you kind of, like, forget about it. But, you know, it, I do want to find out. And... My dad, I was talking to him about it today, that movie, and he said, he's like, well, I do remember watching it. He was like, and they implied that it was very heavily that it was that guy. Um, right, doctor, right, exactly. The, the doctor, yeah. But I, I thought I remembered, and don't quote me on this, this is not fact. I thought I remembered they thought that someone connected to law enforcement could have been the Long Island serial killer at one point. Now, I don't know if that's the theory anyone ever landed on or if that's something they're still investigating, but I remember hearing that at one point. They were like, this has to be somebody like with some law enforcement ties or something like that. I, I think they kind of alluded to that in the movie as well. I, I think I remember them saying, or at least she might've said like, it could be him. It could be a combination of people who, who, cause I felt like it was just bigger than just one person. Yeah. Uh, I felt like, and so they kind of, they might've alluded that maybe some people in law, law enforcement were responsible for uh, her, her death as well. And, and many others. Um, Ernesto, where, where are your thoughts on the film? Um, kind of half and half from it. Like it was, it was interesting only because I had never heard this story before. I've never right. heard anything about it before, so it was interesting in that aspect. But I do think it was a missed opportunity with like focusing about her daughter stabbing her. Like that's a v major part of the story. Like the mm -hmm. mom is instead of it being like just later. yeah, but it's like yeah. they just put it like in the title card. I was like, what? Like they could have played that out as like a scene. You did all this like Michelle was saying. You did all this build up showing her mental health and what she went through. I mean, what a more impactful scene that would have, that would have added some merit to the film. I thought like it was and just, I do want to say when Andrew mentioned that documentary before that we started watching, I think that girl, the sister is in that documentary. Now I can't be sure about that. I would need to go back and look at it, but I, I remember reading or seeing somewhere that like after her sister's death, like she really flew off, you know, the deep end and that's, you know, and was never able to recover. They could have just not included that because it wasn't relevant to that particular yeah, part of the yeah, story. Yeah, that's very true. It, it might have been like they were like, oh, this is the story about the Gilgo Beach killer, and like this is what happened with this. And like, yeah, there was a murder, but it's not really necessary. Like, it almost would have been like an add in. Oh, also, the mom got killed by the daughter. Right, and yeah. The movie ends. I, yeah. I don't know. There, I think part of the problem is movie is kind of like damned from the beginning just because there's no conclusion there's no wrap-up yeah it's yeah. like it's it literally like ending. leaves off with like and uh they never figured it out so right yeah, that's there's the that it's yeah. a weird thing to make a movie about when your story has no ending you know yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because as literally as the movie was starting, uh, I think there was a title card that said an unsolved American mystery. And I was like, well, you just you just ruined the ending for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, well, I knew very little about it, obviously based on the trailer. But I'm like, oh, all right. Well, then now I know how this is ending because I know there's some unresolvedness to it. And I guess if, if there's anything, because this is what I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting them to find the body at the end of the movie. And so the fact that they did, 
I'm in my mind, I'm like, oh, case closed. What do you mean it's not an unsolved American mystery? You did solve it. I'm like, oh, but who did it? Oh yeah, now yeah. that I, I don't, I don't yeah. know that one. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I guess in some cases there could be, I, I guess if the movie had some sort of closure, was that the mother was able to find her daughter, and therefore she had that speech at the end where she was basically saying, you know. You know, because of lack of effort, this dragged on for so long. And for also these other women as well who were buried there for many more years, because at least for um, the movie plot line, from the time she was missing and from the time the daughter was found, it was about a year, maybe a little bit longer. But then they showcase other women that they found their, their remains. And it was like three years ago and then upwards of 15 years. And like this is like so... Uh, what's the word uh, negligent of the of whoever's in charge of this area and then you know unaware of the situation of like you were allowing this to go th- this far along without even knowing and who knew who and who knows you know how many 911 calls they could have received and decided not to pursue it or do it as much as you know others as, as they should have I will say the story totally just like rocked Long Island when it started coming out, just because it was like, they found another body, they found another body. And it was just, you know, to be living it, I I think back on it. And I was young, obviously, like um, 10 years ago, I was 10 years younger than I am now, but you know, I don't (laughs) think I understood the gravity of like what was unfolding. It was insane that they just kept finding bodies. And there was an interesting thing that I was wondering if they were going to um, include in the movie, but I don't know when it happened throughout the case because they found all these bodies. Um, And there was one body that didn't really fit like the um, MO, I guess. There was, um, because they were all like the Gilgo Beach, Long Island serial killer MO, Mm -hmm. I think was like killing prostitutes is what I think the conclusion was. And there was one body that was found. And if you look it up, I believe it was an Asian man and he was kind of buried in like the same area i don't remember if it was in the same way but it might have been just like either another he didn't fit like the like the rest of the victims and Mm -hmm. so they weren't sure at one point i think they were saying like was this like somebody who was you know um snooping no no like they thought maybe he was dressed as like a female prostitute and like then the serial killer didn't realize it and had like gotten far enough and then was like oh well i'm gonna kill him anyway um, or if it wasn't like connected at all, I can't remember if there was, um, if he was the, if he was also wrapped in the burlap and everything like the MO and how that he like disposed of the bodies, but it was like among them. And then, so like all the victims were clearly like women who advertised on Craigslist and whatever. And then all of a sudden you just have this one guy and everyone was like, what's happening with that? You know, yeah. <laughs> what's happening with this situation right here? <laughs> yeah. But they didn't include that in the movie. And I guess it would have been too irrelevant. much yeah, irrelevant and too yeah. much in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, but but I mean, you also make a good point, because if they decided not to include that little tidbit in the movie, which could have gave it maybe a little bit more gravitas of how, you know, you know, kind of crazy the situation was, then also why include the fact that, you know, her daughter had murdered her many years later if it was mm-hmm. just going to be in a title card? Like, yeah. I, I feel like there might have been some decisions that maybe they should have taken as far as kind of like what what is what is the end result of if there's no true ending to this unsolved crime then what do what do what do you want your ending to be and it almost felt like that they ended it with like and then she died and yeah. that's our movie 
And that's the well, <laughs> I think it might have been, and maybe I'm wrong, from my point of view, a better movie. I know they wanted to show her story, this mother's story, but right. maybe it would have been better as just like a regular old crime investigation movie and showing the details of the actual investigation because it is a fascinating investigation and they could have gotten more into the details of what actually happened. And so you're saying it might have been better as a documentary? <laughs> I gotta go back and finish watching that documentary. No. <laughs> but that was also, I think, very much talking to the families and everything. I don't think it was like the investigation. So, yeah. and maybe that's just me. I like listening to that stuff, and I think that's because of my job. You know, I want to hear the facts about it more so than maybe even the emotion. I also want to know how close the um, characters were to their original, like like real life counterparts because i felt like some of some of the characters like they acted well but i almost wondered if they were like kind of overacting like the daughter was there was that one daughter that was like always like really really emotional and like crying yeah. and stuff all the time like i kind of wonder if the real life counterpart was like i wasn't like that at all right well, right jail, so no no, no not the one that murdered her mom the other the other that were was they both the, in jail no the young girl was the one who was yeah, but the other one was crying all the time. Oh, I don't yeah, remember the, crying. The, the, uh, the middle child, I guess, in yeah. this scenario. I do see what you mean, Andrew, because he, she was... She was just uh, upset all the time. Yeah, she was upset. Yes, exactly. And like, she, I felt like she was more or less the only voice of reason in that whole household. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of yeah. the vibe I was getting for, with her, because she was like, well, why didn't you tell me this? And like, well, why did you abandon her? And like, also... Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, they they I guess I think they poorly revealed information about the situation because technically she was the older daughter. And then we find out later in the movie that she left when she was 12. And the, but then she was in the foster system that her mother couldn't uh, I get in and, and their words like handle her because she was bipolar. So she was trying to give her to another family that could. But then she was able to raised the other two daughters she had and so it's i felt like that the way that they reveal that information could have been a little bit better because that could have been like really strong points like you see this you know and they and i guess they kind of did it but i didn't i wasn't really it didn't really do anything as far as like uh like a, a plot device but it was just like you know she was like doing all this work to try to find her and like well didn't you abandon her and like, i feel like if there was told in a different way that could have had a more impactful uh, like I could, I could have resonated with that more. It's like, oh yeah, she is doing all this work, and maybe she felt bad, but I didn't really know that because they kind of like brushed over it and yeah, didn't really yeah. uh, commit to it. They they uh, revealed it kind of weird too. They were like, <laughs> like I don't know if there's a better way to reveal that information, but it's almost like the two characters are like, don't you remember how your daughter was bipolar? Oh yeah, I do remember that. And now yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. so she's bipolar. We didn't know You're, that before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I will say I did Google a little bit um, and I was shocked to learn, not shocked, but I, I mean, it happens. But the other um, character that's kind of like a main character, the lead, um, I think he's the police commissioner, Richard Dormer. He passed away last year, too. So the two oh, wow. like, main characters are no longer alive in that. Um, and I didn't know that. So that was also oh. somebody who I've you know, attended many a press conferences with and, you know, interviewed. So I, yeah. I wonder if, you know, when making this movie, if they. Uh, especially for the actor's point of view, like, I mean, I guess you're kind of just going off of the, uh, I guess the director's direction 
and maybe you know what they've seen on 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 TV. And I'm not sure if the director actually knew these people at all, but obviously there was a reason to tell this story um, to get it to get this point of view across. And I I just I'm not sure if it, it ended up ultimately working out. Like I'm not sure if the message they were trying to tell really packed the punch that they originally wanted. And I think that was my biggest problem with the movie. Um, I will say I did tell um, when I shared your um, Instagram story that I was going to be on the podcast. One of my friends from Long Island um, responded to my Insta story and she was like, oh, my gosh, we just watched this. We loved it. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. She loved it. And she said she said they'd been waiting for the movie to come out. And like, I didn't know it was going to come out. So maybe, you know, she was, you know, and like I said, maybe she didn't know as much about the case. And so she was like, oh, I can't wait to see that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle, do you feel like that because you you had some background with it? Because in some cases, I felt like very similar. I'm not saying it's it's comparable, but kind of the conversation we were having earlier is that because you read the book and because you were somewhat involved, yeah, you, you know, it ruined your 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 taste for the movie. So do you think that if you hadn't been such involved with the actual, uh, you know, if you if you weren't reporting on these stories and actively watching it live as it was happening, do you feel like you would have had a different perception of the film? Yeah, I think so. Um, I do. I think that obviously, you know, watching something firsthand is different and like different than watching it in un- unfold in a movie. And again, like I said, I don't know how many liberties they took and, you know, how accurate it was. And I don't know. I think so. I think it's kind of the same thing. I also think that I would have enjoyed it more if they did a better job. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i think i think i read online somewhere that that she actually has four daughters and not three in the oh, film. I they, I th- I yeah i thought i remember reading somewhere online that she's she in the film they only depicted three but that in actually in real life she actually has four Gosh, I, don't oh, that. I didn't even know that i guess that's that's kind of like a big deal for you in yeah. daughters <laughs> and then um I don't remember his name. The guy, he's usually in the Allstate commercials. He plays that kind yes. of like asshole detective. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a fictitious person. He doesn't he doesn't exist. Oh. So I was wondering who that was. I was like, who is this person? Because I didn't. First of all, I don't even remember the name they gave him, but I just was wondering who it was. They probably were using him to like characterize the police department itself. As a whole, yeah. So yeah. like, she would have a character to combat with, because she was always kind of going head to head with him, yep. not so much the other and, officer. Yeah, Dormer. Like right. he was kind of empathizing with her and stuff, although she was pretty resistant to him too. He was like, "I'm trying to help you," and she's like, "I want your help." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought that much. guy was miscast though. The the guy that you were just talking about. Um, Liz Lemon's boyfriend. boyfriend. (laughs) Everything I've ever seen him in, he is a character actor, and he always plays the same character. And then all of a sudden you have him in this super serious role. And I'm not saying he can't do a serious role, but for me personally, watching this, I was like, oh, it's that guy from that thing. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's funny now. (laughs) His name is Dean Winters. Yep. That's his name. That's his name. (laughs) name. Dean Bostick? Did I say that correctly, Ernesto? What? Yes. Dean Boss. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Andrew, you're right. You're that's that was the that was him. That was his oh. character name. That was his oh. character's name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Wait, Dean uh, Bostick but, was his name in the movie? And his yeah. name is actually Dean? Correct. Yes, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> even sillier. Yeah, it's like, like what what are we gonna name you? Regular name. Yeah. Like, so your regular name. 
which is change your last name. Can <laughs> uh, you check on IMDb how many roles he plays that are named Dean? Oh my God, he's like, <laughs> I will only act under the name I don't Dean. respond to the name any other name. Other than Dean. <laughs> but how, how ironic is that? That like that's his actual name, and none of us knew who he was. Like we're not even like that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> they use your name. Liz Lemon's boyfriend. I, I know him as the Vulture from uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. So. Yes. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> also playing a cop, just in a funnier role. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, he can always play that type of cop. That's, but he's like the same character in all of them. Like, yes, he's he is. He's so good at comedy. I don't yeah. want to see him be serious. Well, I've seen him in see, I've seen him. He was also uh, in Rescue Me. Have you guys ever seen Rescue Me with Dennis? No. Lee? Is that the firefighter drama? Yeah. No, yeah. I never thought. He plays uh he plays his brother in that. And he was he was pretty he was pretty serious in that one. And he was actually he was actually pretty good in that. But he was uh he's never been named Dean again. This was the only time he's <laughs> Damn. He wasn't good enough for you to know his name though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, isn't he in the Allstate commercials? Yes. Yeah. 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 He's, he's like the danger. He's like the one, danger. I think, or yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that every time I see him I'm like, "Oh, you're the Allstate guy." <laughs> that's the only way I can signify him. He's the yeah, only yeah. We're not talking shit about you. No, like, I know. We love you. I, love love him. I like him. Like, he was one of my favorite characters in 30 Rock. <laughs> well, he, he did play a character named Dennis, so it did start with a D. In, that in, is Dennis. That, that, yeah, that's, Dennis is in he's uh, Lev, 30 Rock. He's Dennis. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he, so, you know, yeah, he has, you know, uh, his. I guess he likes his name used in the movie. I don't know. Unless that was the director's call. Like, yeah. I don't know what we're going to name you, so we're just going to use your first name. Danny. Dan- <laughs> Danny. There you Donald. go. Donald. <laughs> they used yeah. all their creative juices coming up with the script. They forgot. Yeah. They were like, oh, what are you going to name? Yeah. What happened is they were all like, hey, Rick. And he's like, oh, you're talking to me? That's yeah. my character's name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's but that, that's interesting that you said that he kind of embodies the, uh, the kind of the maybe the minds of the police force. Ernesto, we recently saw a movie, another based on a true story, which if you guys haven't seen, you really should. It's called Bad Education on yes. HBO. That's also a Long Island story. Oh, yeah, that was good. Did, oh, you guys watched it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, no, it, it was fantastic. And I believe the 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 student who was, you know, actively in the, as a journalist, she played, she was not real. She played a, a fictitious character as well. Yeah, it's it's the same deal as this, so... Uh, kind of characterized like somebody like rather than playing an actual person that exists and she's like characterizing something that happened yeah. rather to, to yeah. tell the story correctly yeah i believe Correct. it was the just the school in general was she yeah, the editor she represents like the editorial staff that received the anonymous note so cool. a little background on that rosalind which is where that all took place is like literally a stone's throw from where i grew up in mineola and so we also um, that was in our coverage area when I worked in New York. Um, I believe that happened like a year like or two, like his trial happened a year or two before I got into news. Um, I was a little too young to be like reporting on that. But I will say when I did report and um, anchor in New York, we focused so heavily on how schools were spending their money. I think mm. it really opened up everyone's eyes like to mismanagement with their school budgets. And like, I went to school board meetings and like, we did a lot of that. And so um, I think that after that was uncovered, they were like, why aren't we paying closer attention to what these people are doing <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. with millions of dollars? Just go missing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so all in all, I, I guess uh, Ernesto, we'll, we'll start with you. Where, where, where are your kind of your your final thoughts on the on the film? 
I, I mean, I thought the film was okay. It was cool to see uh, Holly from The Office yeah. playing a mob. <laughs> um, but the only the interest for me, the only interest for me was that it's um that I'd never heard it before. Like like so for me it's like everything wasn't I was learning it as is as it was unfolding in the film. Right. Uh, Michelle and Andrew. They did not like it. <laughs> he was asking who Holly was in the office. Matt, you told me today that's who married um, Michael Scott, right? Yes. Yes. In the end. She she was she uh, Holly was the uh, uh, who was the HR rep. Gave HR rep, yeah, who t- took over for Toby. Yeah, who is she in? She's the mom. She's the mom. Really? Yeah, she's yeah. the main character. She's the. I would she's not have character. known if yeah. you hadn't told me. Yeah, Amy Ryan. Well, yeah. It's been a few years. What, she, I mean, what? she looks a little aged in this movie. Yeah, she's yeah. And I think they the did office. that on purpose because um, the mother in real life was aged. much older. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean older than her. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it kind of just shows how much of a good actress she is. If you couldn't recognize her from The Office, then she definitely transformed herself to be now this this new character she was portraying. Yeah. Look at you, Matt. Yeah. Right side. Um, again, oh, final thoughts. Uh, didn't love it. Didn't hate it. I just felt whatever about it. Very neutral. Yeah. Neutral? I mean, okay. I watched it. Um, I'm glad I watched it, but I wouldn't rewatch it. And I feel like I didn't learn much from it. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's that's actually a really good point you meant you said there, because like, yeah, I think if you were, you have any fascination of that story, or or just like that type of 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 maybe that genre, then maybe it was you know your cup of tea. But I kind of agree. I think I think the story was interesting, but it was poorly executed. I, yeah, I think it's a more interesting story than they made it out to be. Right, exactly. Yes. Like it's almost like your job was to make this story interesting, mm-hmm. and you didn't do that. But I'm still intrigued. It's almost like, like Andrew was saying, like this would be probably better off as a documentary. Yeah. And and I haven't seen the documentary, but I'm sure that maybe the information that they were telling there might have been a little bit better uh, than how this this movie was portrayed. I think I think this movie is classified like as a slow burn. It's just like it's if you're not really into the top, if it into like this particular storyline then the rest of it's just gonna fall short i feel like that's kind of where we're at in the movie i think you would enjoy the podcast about it better uh i'd probably i'll probably you're right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so all right so there there you go if you if you're interested in that movie you can go watch on netflix it's available there um all right so now we're gonna dive into our our uh, our interview uh talk with our guests. special guest yes we're gonna talk to our guests and see how they're doing so, uh, Michelle, we'll start with you. Uh, okay. You mentioned before that you or uh, you are not or you are uh, an anchor, you're a reporter. But how, how did that all start? And, and was that always part of your plan? No, absolutely not. Um, so I was born and raised in New York. I never wanted to go to college like I was always working. And so I was just, you know, always like, oh, I'm just going to do that work for the rest of my life. And my mom was like, no, you're going to college. And I was like, no, I don't want to be anything. Like, I don't have any dreams or goals or anything like that. And so, so you walked out of high school and just like, I'm going to just be in the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was working at that time. I worked for a sports publisher. Oddly enough, I know nothing about sports. Um, so <laughs> it was more on the advertising collections end of thing, things. Um, so I did wind up going to college, a community college. And um, I took a bunch of like tests to see what I'd be interested in came up with media and communications, and um, I decided I wanted to write for a newspaper. I wanted to be a journalist, but I wanted to write. 
um, because I did not love people looking at me or doing like being in front of anybody. <laughs> so um, I started taking a bunch of classes. And um, when I went to uh, SUNY Old Westbury, that's where I started taking, you know, journalism and all that. And I had a, I did take a TV class and my TV um, professor, Professor Carl Grossman, um, was like, you should be on TV. And I was like, no, thank you. I'll run audio. And he was just <laughs> like, no, he's like, I'd like to see you, you know, read. And we didn't have a great TV studio. Like, I'm sure it's not like, you know, UCS TV studio or like full sale. It was like, right. we sat at a desk, we read off our papers, you know, it was like low budget. Um, and, but we did have an audio board and stuff. So I, I always tend to go behind the scenes. I like doing that stuff. Um, but I had to do an internship and I waited to do my internship because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I interned one time at a magazine, but then um, I went to um, News 12 Long Island and interned with their anchor. And it was, she was their 5 p.m. anchor and 11 p.m. reporter. And I fell in love. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is so much fun. Like just being at the scene, like we were at the scene of all these like crime scenes and like everything that was happening at news, you know, just like as it was happening, I thought it was really exciting being in the studio and I fell in love with it. Um, I was terrible um, when I went to, so I graduated and then I went to NYIT um, for a couple of semesters to do an externship where I learned how to shoot and write and edit and all that stuff and I was awful. Um, I had a terrible Long Island accent, uh, like to the point where I remember one girl was like, well, what if you don't get a job? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh crap, like I may be bad at this. Like this may happen in the future. Um, and so um, I did a couple of semesters of that. I got turned down from the TV station I wound up working for. Um, he, the news director at the time said I had the worst Long Island accent he ever heard. Oh, um, wow. Which is so, weird to me because I've never heard her with, well, I shouldn't say that. The only time I hear her with a Long Island accent is when she's very emotional, very angry, or very <laughs> drunk. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Usually a combination of all three. Yeah. <laughs> I eventually, so I wound up signing up for a third semester of um, this class to, you know, I was determined. Um, and like a week or two into my third semester, I actually got hired at that TV station as a freelance reporter. And I kind of worked my way up from freelance reporter to full-time reporter, backup anchor. Then I became the anchor and I wound up being there for six years. But I really didn't want to be on TV. It was never like, I'm going to be on TV. I really wanted to you know, work for a newspaper. I thought that was, you know, um, going to be my future. And I just had this one college professor who was like, I think you got to go for the TV. And I don't know why he thought that because I wasn't like, you know, loud in his class or I didn't have like a big personality. I kind of just like sat in the back, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I'm glad he did. And he saw whatever he saw in me. And so, um, yeah, so I went for it. And then I was um, determined. So I started working at, um, TV 10 and 55, but I should say after I interned at News 12, I actually worked there behind the scenes. I ran tapes. Do you remember running tapes? Are you guys old enough for running tape? No. Okay. I know. I know of them, but I've never had to do them. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I read so, you know what a tape is. Called a... Do you know what Correct. a tape is? Yeah. It was in my textbook. I read a lot of. You know what a floppy disk? Yeah. 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 So, so I, PA, I ran prompter. I did tapes and all that stuff, all that good stuff. I started writing a little bit, but not much. Then, um, and I was so I was doing that while going to school. Then I got hired at um, TV 10 and 55. Worked my way up to anchor. Then I moved to California, where I met this guy right here. Um, <laughs> And I started um, at the NBC station, Hearst's sister station, um, out in Monterey, and became an anchor reporter there. 
and then I came here. So um, I did not want to do this from the very beginning, but once I figured out what I wanted to do, um, I hit the ground running and I was like, I got to make up for all the time that I wasted because there were colleges that were, you know, focused like, you know, Syracuse. We have many coworkers who went to Syracuse that had a great journalism program. And I was like, oh crap, I wasted all this time at community college. Like, what was I doing? You know, but <laughs> so, I, but I made up for it, I think. It, what, what was, what was the, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but what was the, either either the recommendation from your professor or maybe your internship, but I, I'm going to ask it again. Uh, where was the moment that you felt like this is, ex- this is, I know this is exactly what I wanted to do. Was it, was it, was it because of his recommendation was a, a, a specific story or how something was, was done that you just felt like this is, this is exactly what I want to do. You know, it wasn't his recommendation. He wanted me to get a feel for TV. So he was like, why don't you just intern at News 12? He said, they have a fantastic internship, which they did. And like very hands-on. So like I went out on stories, like, you know, I sat in the studio while they did their 5 p.m. newscast, every single one. Like it wasn't like I sat in the newsroom ever. I always was with her and I really followed her around and after each newscast. So I would say I was inspired to get into the news business because of Heather Holmes. Um, She is the anchor I shadowed and she's actually still an anchor in San Francisco um, right now. And she's been there for years. So she was our, she was their 5 p.m. anchor, 11 p.m. reporter. And she just taught me so much and she was so passionate about it that like she kind of made me more passionate about it. But I was always kind of a storyteller. I loved, you know, telling I, I loved the idea of telling people stories. And that's kind of why I wanted to go into journalism too, um, you know, print journalism. Um, and so I just saw that it was I could do that on a different medium. But like it took a lot of work. Being on TV for me was not natural in the very beginning. Like and for a while I was awkward and I didn't look the part. I didn't sound the part, you know, and it's just, you know, you sound like a robot in the beginning, but I kind of just <laughs> kept going and practiced and tried really hard and overcame all those awkward, horrible years, bad eyebrows, <laughs> bad voice and all bad writing, all that stuff. <laughs> so, how do you, how do you, how do you feel the transition is between reporting and anchoring? It's funny because, um, <laughs> When I was doing that externship, I never wanted to anchor. I didn't want to sit on the desk. I didn't want to read. No, hated it. Hated reading in public. (laughs) Didn't want to do it. I was like, this isn't for me. And so like they would have days where we'd anchor and I would just get up there and like bomb it. I would just drop an F-bomb, get off the set. Like, I don't want to be here. I hated (laughs) it. Um, And so, and nobody really pressured me, although I did need it for my grade. So I wound up doing it. But what I really, um, when I really wanted to start anchoring was when I was working at TV 10 and 55, they had a little weekend show that was only a few minutes long. It was just like a weekend update. And so I started with that and I really did like it. Um, and then other anchor, other, uh, reporters, like even freelance reporters were getting opportunities to anchor and I didn't get that opportunity. And I asked why, and they were like, well, you're a little young to be on the desk because I was only, gosh, 23, I think at the time. And so I pushed and pushed and they let me do it. And then I became like the backup anchor after that because I nailed it. Um, although don't get me wrong. I had a bunch of rough shows. Like it was <laughs> But like I did a really good first audition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the transition has been, um, it's just, they're two different beasts. I mean, in, I loved reporting. I loved being out in the field and, you know, being in all the action but I have a new, I have grown to really appreciate being an anchor and being able to tell stories from that point of view. And like from the studio, it's just completely different. It's two different opportunities. And, you know, I, I how, it, I don't know how to describe the transition. It's, um, 
they're just different. You're required, different things are required from you, you know? So. Do, do you feel like that, you know, I, I guess certain, uh, I guess depending on either your reporting or anchoring, it comes with the different hardships and probably different challenges in which one, which one do you, in which way do you feel like it comes with more is it, or is this again, still continue just as two different beats. You're kind of treating them yeah. separately. They're two different beasts. I mean, reporting is grueling. I mean, you are on your feet. You are never in a building. You are always in a car. You're living out of a, you know, truck and, you know, never can find a bathroom. Don't know what you're going to eat, you know? And it's just like, you never know where you're going to be at any given time. And that is like mentally and physically exhausting. Um, but you're at the scene of literally everything. I mean, I loved being in the courtroom and I loved being at crime scenes and I loved interviewing police and I loved, you know, meeting families and telling their stories because it's not all crime and gloom and doom. But um, so I just think, and in the, in the um, studio, it's um, kind of like someone once told me it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Like Mm. Your day is long and you do a lot of different things and you wear a lot of different hats. And again, I don't know what I'm going to be doing every day, but um, I know where typically I'm going to be, which is a relief for me because after 10 years of being a reporter, you're just like, like to go to a bathroom that I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that that McDonald's bathroom. That's the one. That, that's yeah. The- <laughs> and like, I, I just, I, I mean, like, I remember I was on a story in Brooklyn once and I was just like, dear God, tell me there's a different bathroom than the one I'm looking at right now. Like it was like a rundown gas station and my photographer's like, get in there. I'm like, no, <laughs> so, um, but it's just, you, you know, I, and as I got older and I did like report, uh, anchoring more, I knew that's where I wanted to head. And like, I felt like there was more longevity for me, um, in the anchor on the anchor desk. Um, you know, just because, gosh, when I look at our veteran reporters, I'm like, I don't know how they do it. Like yeah. they're out They're Like, I mean, they've been doing this for, you know, however many years hitting the streets and they never stop. And they're doing two stories a day. They're turning both sides. They're here. They're there. They're live. You know, even like Hadass in the morning, she's live for a thousand hours, like standing up in a car, like, oh my gosh, you know? So I was happy to make the transition. And I don't know if you know this, this is uh, my first job where I'm not a, like a street reporter every day. When I worked in California, I anchored the morning show, but then I reported almost every single day, um, whether it was just general assignment. I was hired to kind of be an investigative reporter. Um, turns out wasn't all that much investigating to do. So um, yeah. I did what I could and found the stories I could, but I wound up <laughs> being more of like a street reporter daily. You had a couple good ones. Yeah. Oh, I had some good ones, but like it wasn't like a daily investigation or a weekly <laughs> investigation or even a monthly investigation. <laughs> <laughs> One one thing we did find out about you, Michelle, that I kind of want to hear about is your experience with the Thunderbirds in the Air Force in 2012. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, go get my poster. No, I'm just kidding. This is not what? Cool. Um, Have you guys seen the package? Yes, we did. Yeah, we, we watched oh it. Um, and that was even like, God, how many years ago was that? Seven already? Eight. It was dated ago? 2012. So yeah. yeah. They, so, we had just started dating. We had just started dating. Yeah. yeah. Um, go on the plane wow. too. What? Andrew, did you go on the plane too? Like, hey, I here's our not, second date. He, he was not my. <laughs> I should have been on that story. Yeah. He was not my videographer that day. It was insane. I loved flying with the Thunderbirds. I couldn't believe that like I was getting the opportunity. 
I, I remember they had to, like, I had to fill out, like, paperwork, specific paperwork about, like, your height, your weight, because you had to, like, get in the suit. And they were like, you can't gain any weight. And, like, I filled it out, like, in advance. And I'm, like, a yo-yoer. Like, I could be five pounds heavier next week. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to crash the whole plane. <laughs> if I eat this cheeseburger, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> so, no, it was amazing. Um, the I mean, just, like, the theatrics of it all was just so exciting and they, but um they before you go on so you show up early and they make you go through like this training of like if something does go wrong here's what happens and it was terrifying the video I mean like they literally show like a dummy on fire like cut like out of the plane I'm like oh my god I'm gonna die <laughs> for me um so but they were great and I mean I remember the ride was incredible incredible i mean it was just like vroom, you know and you just don't you don't know what to expect until you do it and i just remember being so sick like i didn't throw up but i was very nauseous like because you go so fast and we took like a nice tour it was so scenic it was beautiful um and then when we landed they had like um you know a, a group waiting for me and everything and then i had to go on tv i'm not even kidding you like 20 minutes later to give a live report. <laughs> and the lady was like, you have to sit down. She was like, we need you to eat something. We need you to drink. And I'm like, no, 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 I got to write something. I got to write myself. And I was like, no, <laughs> and they were like, cookies. Yeah, cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like you undersold something there. What? You said you didn't throw up. I did not. That was like an important thing. Oh, though. that is an important yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they don't. They always say, I guess, like the bigger you are, the harder you fall. So I guess because I was like on the smaller end, um, I had like a, a benefit. But if you throw up, they didn't like put your name or anything on, right? Like they didn't get. I can't remember you what get, it was. Like, a certificate yeah, or you got the like certificate. That. I don't yeah. think they give you the certificate if like you pass out or you know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just pass out. out. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Pass out. Yeah. What, so I didn't why pass would... out. I didn't throw up. Why wouldn't they give you their certificate if you passed out? I don't remember. I felt like they said they weren't going to give it to And maybe they were just messing with me. They were like, oh, if you passed out, we wouldn't give it to you. No, right? I think yeah. I've heard of it since Oh, you then. have? Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure like, that you get like a special, you get like a gold star or something I like just, that if you don't pass, pass out. I also didn't want to see the video of me like, like my head. Like, like, <laughs> I don't want to see myself pass out. Like, that's terrifying. Because, you know, we had a camera there. Yeah. Um, but it was just cool to see my name. They put like my name in like little like magnets on the you know plane and everything. I have great pictures from it. They had a photographer there who took a bunch of pictures. And it was such an amazing memory. The I mean, obviously the Thunderbirds are incredible people. And so getting to like, you know, interview these guys and you know, just be around them was just so inspiring. Also, um, I love that my father-in-law, like, I remember when he found out I flew with the Thunderbirds was super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> As um, anybody will be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I now, was jealous. But I, I yeah. will tell you, I can never do it again. So that's it. You do it once in your life and you never do it. They won't let you do it ever again. I guess to oh, give really? like a lot of, yeah. So like, I guess to give media, all the media, like an opportunity, I would assume. Um, There's always the Blue Angels. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I will say one other thing. Um, I don't want to take too much time, but um, I had been on other planes for reporting and um, I did like stump planes. So like, there, if you Google me again, there was this one um, pilot, Sean, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. Is it, I'm forgetting his last name, but he let me fly it. And I like, what is that? Roll, barrel roll. I barrel oh, roll. Oh, no. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what qualifies a reporter to be able to take controls of the plane, 
but like I'm pretty sure Louise. he's got like yeah control also yeah he's like okay yeah. that's enough out of you yeah he's got yeah, to yeah. Shake her <laughs> she's gonna crash it but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I was also uh, in that kind of a plane which was fun too. Well, would you say that was one of your more memorable stories, or is there a crazier one that we couldn't find online? No, that was a really good one. I mean, that was just something I'll remember forever. I mean, not just because they gave me a big poster and everything, but right. uh, and there are pictures to prove it happened, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was an amazing opportunity. And like I said, to even just be around all those guys and hear their stories and, you know, what they actually do, so... Wow. All More right. so than me getting to fly in their plane. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. So, Andrew, I want to hear a little bit more about you. Um, so you are a photographer, videographer, and, and, and that more or less defined your career. So is, 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 did it start off as a hobby, or did you, when did you know that you wanted to do this as a career, and you know, how did all of that get started? I still don't even know if I want to do this as a career. <laughs> uh, okay. No. Um, well, actually, it's funny because, like, my story is actually very similar to Michelle's where, like, I didn't go into it like thinking I wanted to do it like I actually remember like back in high school one of my friends took a photography class and I was like that looks so boring like and it was kind of funny because like one of the reasons like a lot of the people in high school took photography is because like all the girls were in the photography class so and my friend took the class he's like oh all the cute girls are in photography. I'm but like, you're in the dark the whole time. The How dark. do you even see any of <laughs> So, like, I, I remember way back then, like, wasn't interested. Like, I think I got a camera in high school at one point and was like, oh, this is pretty cool, but, like, never really took it that seriously. Um, I went to college at a, um, as, as not a state college, a community college, and didn't really have any direction. And finally, my mom was kind of fed up after me going to college to community college for four years <laughs> you gotta pick something to be fair to be fair, to be fair i didn't really know what i wanted to do like i looked at like the medical field police you know every graphic design graphic design actually did interest me like from high school on so i think that probably played into things but um my mom finally was like you need to go to college at a real college she's like go to a state college, go to Monterey. Like we love Monterey. Cause like I had been there before and I was like, I have Monterey school. And she's like, do you know what you want to do? I'm like, no. So I went to Monterey and they were like, this is what we have. I'm like, video is kind of like video games. So I'll do that. So. <laughs> and, and like, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't want to say I didn't appreciate it. It's just, I feel like I was kind of like talking smack about the program before. It's not really super precise what the program actually is. And I think maybe that's to like everybody's benefit. Like you can kind of build your own um, major that way. But I ended up getting into video. We did a lot of stuff involving film and that's not really the direction I took after college. Like I actually went straight from college. Um, most of the people that I knew, they either went and did commercials, short films, stuff like that. Um, I actually went straight, like literally within the month of graduating, straight to uh, was it KSBW? TV, yeah, TV News. TV News. I actually did an internship um, at uh, my hometown the summer prior, so I kind of had like a little a little experience in news. Went straight into news after that, um, and then kind of just like, yeah, I kind of I kind of learned there like kind of the basics of like shooting and editing and stuff like that, um, and then. Video-wise, like, we haven't even gotten to photography yet. Like, video-wise, that's kind of where I started out. And, like, I really became a little more polished when I came to Florida. 
Um, and it wasn't until I want to say like three or four years ago that I picked up like a DSLR and was like, oh, I like this. Like originally I, I got it because I was like, I want to take some nicer pictures. And I got like a lot of inspiration from Instagram. And once I picked up a camera, I was like, oh, and the funny thing about this is I actually used to talk smack about like still photography because in my <laughs> mind I was like, well, it's just one picture. It's just one moment in time. Like video's harder because you have to like be rolling the whole time. And right. I found out very quickly it is the opposite. With video, you can just roll until you get something good because you'll eventually get something good if you like, you know, have any skill whatsoever. Photo, if you don't capture the moment, it's gone forever and you missed it. So yeah, right. I've worked a lot. And now I'm kind of almost neutral because I've gone back and forth. I started in video and got into photo and I was like, photo's harder. But now I'm like learning more stuff about video. I'm like, okay, they're both really hard. You just have to know like where your true skill lies in each. Um, I think you have gotten significantly better over the years too. And I think as you get better, you get more interested in it because I feel like when um, you had felt like you hit a plateau with video editing, you started going more towards photography. But I feel like in the last couple of years, you've really like elevated your skill set in terms of video editing and what you can do. And even now, obviously, you have better equipment at home. Like we invested in a camera for him. And what, what was that camera that you had that was like your dad's? Was that a still camera or a video camera? Back when we were in Monterey. Oh yeah, I had like a like a camcorder. It was good. It was a Panasonic um, like high def camcorder, and like it did pretty good. But it wasn't really what he I needed. To, he used to make a lot of videos of us when we were in Monterey. I remember you would always be <clears> um, shooting us when we'd go to the beach or wherever on our little trips. And so you did a lot of that. Even and I'm like, I always wondered how you could do it for work and then want to do it on the weekend because let me tell you something, I do not want to anchor the news on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about the news. <laughs> it's weird looking back at that stuff too because like I can I can actually see where I've improved. Like I actually, a lot of the time I feel like I haven't improved in like the last five years but then I actually look at stuff that I used to shoot and I'm like, oh, that was bad. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I brag on him for a second? Mm -hmm. He just won another award. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, he wanted a new telly. Yeah, it's my third. Third? Yeah. 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 So, and what, what, can you explain what that? for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, I, I won two, hold on a sec. <laughs> Let me think about it. I think I, the All my awards two I that I won were for the same organization. It's National Business Aviation Association. It's through um, my company, which um, we do a lot of uh, coverage of meetings, events, and conventions. And the one that I think I've submitted for every single time was National Business Aviation Association, which is a company um, or a meeting about um, like private planes, mostly like business aviation. So like large businesses that need to be able to travel a lot, they can um, use this convention as a means to like find like what things that they need for their planes and stuff like that. It's super visual, yeah. which is helpful. So the most recent one I did was actually probably one of my favorite stories I've ever done because it was a, a lot of the stuff we do at convention news TV is um, it's very, uh, how do I put this like without making it sound bad. Like it's very business based. Like we do a lot of stuff in business. This one specifically was, it was with the business Avi aviation association, but it was a story. It was actually, what was the hurricane? It was the hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Last year it was Dorian, wasn't it? Was, was it Dorian? Oh wait, which one hit um, the Bahamas? Gosh, Maria? Uh, Maria? Maria? Maybe. I, I, I don't can't remember, remember which one. Whichever hurricane hit. 
I can't remember. Anyway, the Bahamas got hit. I actually went with uh, Megan Mulatto, um, and we both traveled to the Bahamas. We actually went down to Miami. We shot a bunch of stuff down there, and we went to the Bahamas. And, like, it was just cool being able to do a story that was, I guess, um, important to people again. I'm not saying that the business side of things isn't important, but this was, like, you saw the devastation, and you saw how hard it was for people. You saw like heroes coming out of the woodwork and like doing their part and really helping. And like, I got the chance to like capture that in a cinematic way. Like I, I still love the way that everything turned out and the way I got to edit it. And uh, I got a shout out to Megan. She helped me put it all together and it came out great. And you were telling like an, a story, like a, a, yeah. it was a very different kind of story. It was, than what you've done it was years. very different from what we usually do. Yeah. There. yeah. And like, I think it took you back to like your news route, you know, yeah. um, roots where you were telling like a story that had more to do with people than business exactly well when when you're when you're like behind the camera and i feel like anybody who is a a videographer or photographer will have this you have i guess what they call the eye you have that eye to 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 look for something and trying to find that perfect shot or exactly what your vision is so what would you say that yours is What, what when when you're behind the what are you what are you looking for to say that this is this is my style that this is this is what defines who I am as as a as a videographer or a photographer. <laughs> That's a really really tough question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I'll give a little shout out here. Um, Geo is one of the first guys that kind of like I had started following locally. Uh, Geo and Chris. Um, I really admire their style. I think it's like very clean, sharp, um, contrasty, uh, very colorful. But I don't want to say that's my style because I feel like I shoot like a bunch of different styles and I edit in a bunch of different ways. Like I, I hate to say it, but I don't really have a style. My style is like that I'm very inconsistent with my shooting and editing. Like one moment I'm posting like um, landscapes and architecture like a, a lot of photographers that I follow, like they stick to a certain thing. They're like, I only right. do landscapes. I only do travel. I only do portraits and stuff like that. And like, I kind of just like love doing it all. I mean, a lot of the, um, like the business prospects I've been getting recently is like, I shot like a maternity shoot. I shot a fashion shoot. Um, I did portraits, but I also like, I love going out into nature and shooting nature stuff and love shooting this one as well. <laughs> this is my muse right here. <laughs> he says that now. <laughs> I will I, say... I post more photos of you than anything else. So. I, I will <laughs> say, Andrew... I'm not easy to work with. <laughs> I, would say, like, <laughs> I would say right now, I'm more focused on probably portrait photography more than anything. What I really like to do right now is I, uh, I like to add like elements of um, like fantasy or like sci-fi into things. I actually just did uh, edit where I added a bunch of like cyberpunk stuff and like neon stuff into a portrait. I haven't posted it yet. I'm kind of waiting on it. Why? I I don't know. I just. It's so funny because literally I was literally just about to tell you that my favorite one of your shots is that cyberpunk one you did of yourself holding the gun. It's yeah. very like it's very Blade Runner ish. I I love it. It's That's it's funny. That's actually a lot like just, the one I just edited. Yeah, yeah it's that's <laughs> great. It's a great photo. Wait, did you shoot that in, that in the back in room? The back bedroom. <laughs> yeah. we, had, we had like an empty bedroom. <laughs> Where, yeah. so where where is your inspiration for that? Like, because it sounds like like you were saying, if if you don't, it, it feels like you're very uh, experimental 
when it comes to it. Because you're like, oh, I like that. I'm going to go ahead and try this style. So I guess going back to the cyberpunk, what made you want to try that out, I guess? Um, I mean, I've always been kind of fascinated by like sci-fi and stuff like that. Um, like sci-fi movies and video games, a lot of video games. Honestly, like I will say this, like a lot of my inspiration I get from video games. Like right now I'm kind of on like a kick uh, with uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. And I really want to do like okay. some kind of like samurai photo shoot or something like that. <laughs> really cool. Or like Ninja Shinobi photo shoot. Um, for that one in particular, like there's a game actually coming out called Cyberpunk 2077 at yep, the end of yep, the year. Yep. And like, I think a lot of people are getting a lot of inspiration from that. And then, yeah, Blade Runner is like a huge inspiration. And I don't know. I like, I have like a thing where I love stuff from like the 80s. And I feel like Cyberpunk is a very 80s inspired thing. Yep. Um, like, I love Synthwave, I love Neon. But at the same time, I also like those really um, <clears throat> kind of like, flat looking landscape photos so like mm -hmm. i don't know it i guess it depends on the mood I'm in. I, think right. that, I think you like to take pictures of things that interest you mm -hmm. and i also like when we're out in the world because just traveling with you you see the beauty in a lot of different things and you don't have just one style because i think you can appreciate a good picture you know regardless of what it is you know mm -hmm. and you see things from a different angle like we'll be on vacation and I'll try to take a picture with my cell phone and he's taking a totally different picture <laughs> of like the same thing because he's seeing it in a different way than I am. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to steal that from my Instagram. I get really nitpicky about like little things. Like sometimes she'll be like, can you take a picture of me? And she'll be like, handing me your phone. I'm like, hold on a sec. And I'll go grab like five lights and I'll grab my oh my camera God. and pull out lenses and like put her on a background. She's like, I just wanted a simple picture. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. I asked. There is no you such thing. Set, you just did the setup for this podcast. I was like, you know, this is just audio, right? Oh yeah, I didn't know this was audio, so I have like a ring light and like I got the mic and everything. I was like, I'm ready to go. I was. Like, you guys are are very well lit. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like, we're great. Like you're you're providing entertainment for us, if anything. You guys are better lit. You guys are better lit than we are. You're getting yeah, yeah, the camera sure. screen on. Yeah. Yeah. I, have this, I don't know if you know that. This is how we are. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, this whole time I'm like, I forgot to turn on my kitchen light, and now I'm. You did. Our Ernesto shot keeps going dark. I don't know if it's your computer screen turning off. It is. Like, okay. It's yeah. it's me it's me flipping between screens when I see when I flip between screens. <laughs> Yeah, so this, I'll try to yeah. I'll try to stay in the light. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, we can tell we'll put more production value into this this episode than, <laughs> than the other. <laughs> um, I will say that now with uh, obviously we you know we're all being affected by the pandemic and COVID nineteen. Uh, and I guess this, this is a question for both of you. How did that affect your jobs and how you guys are are are, are doing your our day to day? You want me to go first? Mm -hmm. um, well, I got uh, laid off. I got Furlough. furloughed for a little bit. Um, and it's it's kind of funny. Like, my job is very demanding in that, like, we travel a lot. And, like, I think we travel, I think I've gone up to four times a month at one point. Usually it's, like, smaller shows and maybe one big show at the end of the month or something like so that. So, like, it could be, like, a small show could yeah. be, like, two days, a day or two days, but, like, a big show could be, like, a week or more. Yeah, right. I, I think the longest show I did was, like, nine days. Um, no. <clears throat> Remember when you first started? You were gone for three weeks. 
Well, that was me. Yeah, that was that oh, was like oh. a one-off. Um, but like we travel anywhere from we travel to Vegas a lot. Like I would say, I think it was like seventy-five percent of the time, or not seventy. It was like fifty percent of the time we were in Vegas. Fifty percent of the time we were in Orlando, and then like cities here and there. Um, but we also go to like as far as Geneva, like that's the furthest city I've oh. been to. So like there's a lot of travel involved, and it's very hard. And like I know that sounds kind of whiny, like oh I have to travel, but like it really is like very no no yeah yeah and it is work. Like a lot of people, they're like oh you get to travel for work, how is that? I'm like I don't ever leave the hotel. Right yeah. Been better more recently um, about like taking a little bit of time to go take pictures of stuff that you want to see and take advantage and. um, A lot of the time I have to like force myself to get out though. I'm like it's the end of the like. 12 hour day i'm like exhausted and i'm like i gotta go hit the gym and then i'm gonna force myself to go like take some photos yeah and that's the other thing i think of why it's so tiring is just because you have absolutely no routine like i'm big on routine and he is gone and he never knows where he's gonna be he can't work out consistently and you know eating is like uh, what what am i gonna eat eat today yeah it's kind of like recording that like you never know when you get to go to the bathroom you never know when you're gonna eat like you have to eat what you can like you don't know where you're in, you're going to eat. A lot of these convention centers, like there's been places, I think there was a place I went to, the last show I actually went to was here in Orlando. Um, I can't remember, it, what is it called? The Gaylord Palms. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great hotel, but it is very closed off to the rest of the world. Like, especially if it's late at night, like I remember like I ended a show like at a certain time of night and i was like oh i need to get some food all the places in the hotel are closed right and like the closest thing is like a couple miles down the road and like at that time of night you're like i don't want to drive anywhere there's no room service so like you're just like well i'm just gonna starve tonight right (laughs) so i got furloughed from that job and it was in a way it was kind of a relief but at the same time like you're furloughed it's you don't want to you know not have work um that said I hear a lot of stories about people like, I'm so bored, I'm stuck in this house, and I'm in the house bored. And I'm like, <laughs> I am so busy right now. Like, I'm really? like trying to catch up on edits, trying to catch up on video edits, like trying to take time to myself. And like, I literally was like nonstop in the short time that I was furloughed. Yeah, he didn't actually get to do anything. <laughs> like, you did you'd accomplish things, but like, yeah. I don't know if it was anything that you wanted to. He was current. He was editing a video for me. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. It was my spinach, but not a video. Yeah. He edited it. <laughs> Amongst <laughs> others. Yeah, yeah. We did a couple of videos. But I would say that the biggest thing that changed for you was you stopped traveling altogether. Yeah. So like, and still like that. I mean, I have to selfishly admit, I love this. Um, because like he said, he could be traveling four times a month and I'm just like, I don't know where he is. I can't even keep track. Like he, right. he'll be home whenever. I don't know. Like I, I live, may call. I, yeah. I live by myself. <laughs> he may call me. He may not, you know, like I'm, I get up at two in the morning. He's up till midnight Vegas time. Like, I don't even know what day it is. Like, I don't even remember how long he's been gone. Well, I've literally yeah. on a, quite a few occasions, um, I've been able to call her when she gets up because I'm still up like working a 14 hour day yeah it's like a three three hour time difference so like when it's three o'clock here when she's getting up i'm like oh it's midnight and i haven't gone to bed yet yeah right right so it's kind of like a crazy life so i'm getting really used to him being home so um not that i don't want the world to open up and everything but i don't want him to travel anymore because like almost our entire marriage has been like this that he's been traveling so like it's kind of nice to be here like andrew wants a puppy but 
I don't want to get a puppy, and then he's always gone. <laughs> right, it makes absolute so, sense. Wait, how does that work? Mor- moral of the story, stop traveling and we can get a puppy. Moral of the story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You mentioned um, your you mentioned your cooking videos. I mean, those have been pretty nice. The spinach one. What, how you guys have any more planned? Um, I wanted to do actually. I want to do sauce videos, but like he's been so busy, he's actually been getting photography jobs. Like you know, people have been commissioning him to do their you know like the maternity shoot. Mm-hmm. Like he did one with Kayla, and so you know he's actually been you know doing that. So I don't. Those videos are just for me, and mm-hmm. so I don't want to take up his time. Plus, to be clear, the maternity shoot was not with Kayla. No, the maternity shoot. <laughs> no, it was a maternity shoot separate to Kayla. Um, and so, I mean, and he shot a wedding, and so like he's just been doing things on the side. So like we do, I do want to <clears throat> shoot like a sauce series because my mom gave me all like our family recipe sauces. So um, Ernesto, you're gonna be able to try one. I made you penny alla vodka. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! I told my wife. I said, I yeah. don't know if I'm gonna let you get any. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Oh, oh wow! Amazing. When you say that you two uh, work well together, I don't want to start any fights here, but I mean, uh, there was quite a few cooking videos. <laughs> no, we work well together. I mean, we started out as a team. That's when we first met. He was my photographer. Well my videographer at KSBW. And I got snatched away. And then, yeah, I always say, I feel like they baited me because like I started on my first day. We started together. Our first day was together. We went out on a breaking news story together and like he was training and they threw me on TV like my first day. And I wasn't supposed to be on TV and they were like, oh, yeah, nobody, just go. And I was like, cool. Our first story together was a uh, deadly car crash. Yeah. Um, You know, you know how it goes. I was in like, I was in like stilettos (laughs) And I had just moved to Monterey, California, which is more rural than New York City. Rural. Rural um, than New York City. And so I'm in, like, these huge heels. And I just remember the police or whoever it was, one of the troopers, was like, you're not from around here, are you? Because I was, like, (laughs) sinking in the dirt. And I'm like, I will not sacrifice fashion for this. (laughs) Now I wear flats. And then eventually she did. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was – so I feel like they baited me because they were like, here is your handsome, lovely, talented videographer. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be great. And then... Um, I was not that talented, by the way. Very oh, handsome. Or I was going to say... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No. Um, Andrew's hair when we first met was enormous. It's still enormous. No, like it was enormous. It, it wasn't like... It control. wasn't like... Poofy, but it was, it was like... I, I was, you know, a college student. I couldn't afford a haircut, so yeah. I was just like, let it grow. So anyway, so we, we worked together, and I think it was like three months in, and then they took him away and put him on nights and weekends, and we, we never really saw each other. I got a different videographer, um, and we were friendly. You know, when I saw him, we, you know, talked or whatever, um, but... What was the question? Oh, are we a good team? Yeah. Um, yes, we were a good team. Um, and I remember he, they did give me um, this, I was working on one of the investigations that I was doing and they gave me him as a videographer, like, um, I guess a, a year, it wasn't even a year into me being there. Yeah. And so he took a different car than I took. And so I was like, here's my phone number, you know, in case you get lost, like, give me a call if you can't find the place. Um, what? I said smooth. No, I needed to give him my phone number. She gave it to me. <laughs> clear. Like, I didn't ask for it. What was I going to do? Oh. you if you couldn't find it? Just, well, okay. Just then I would have literally no videographer. 
some, I was investigating black mold at like a former like fort that like a former like, um, like it's like a housing place where they keep former military and active military members. And like there was black mold and these people were getting sick, like our servicemen and women. And so I had yeah. found this one girl who complained online about how terrible it was. And her father mailed me the key to her apartment and was letting me go in. So I oh. needed this guy to shoot all the mold. Anyway, side, that was a side note. Um, <laughs> cool story. Cool story. Anyway, so I gave him my phone number and never thought another thing about it. He never called me. And then I get like um, a text, like a couple, what was it, like a month later? Yeah. And it was just like, hi, Michelle. Like she says it like that. Like, that's the voice I pictured. And it was this like, is the voice I, I texted. I was like, hi, Michelle. <laughs> and, so, hi and so me as a local anchor, I was like, oh, my God, stranger danger. And um, so I didn't have the number saved in my phone. And I answered. I was like, who is this? And I never heard back. He claims he wrote back, but I never got it. Um, anyway, I don't remember you ever writing that. I did because, or maybe you didn't get my response. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that was it. So that was it. Um, anyway, so I didn't know it was him. And so the next day when I went to work, I, since I go to work very early, um, when I got off the set at 7am, I called the number and a guy picked up and was like, hello. And I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, this poor guy is sleeping. Um, it was a number I didn't recognize. I didn't have her number saved in my phone. No, so. it was the it was um it was the business I called you from oh, the work okay. phone. Okay. So anyway, I think it was like blocked or something. I don't but know. anyway, I just, it was a random number. I pick up the phone. I'm like, what? So now I'm like stalker, stranger danger. I'm gonna die. Um, and so I'm telling like later on that day, I'm telling a bunch of people in the newsroom how this crazy weird ass number is texting me, and I called and some creepy ass guy was on the other line. And later that day, he was like, he was at some, I think you said, was it a 916 number? And I said, yes. And he was like, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this crazy creep. <laughs> and then we started dating and fell in love. <laughs> what a romance story. <laughs> yes, we're a very good team. We, we work together then and we work together now. I, I enjoy working. With, do you enjoy working with me? Huh. Yeah. That, a resounding whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Most of the time. he's like, I signed the marriage paperwork. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you want from me? I did all the homework. Exactly. <laughs> you get, you get, you, you go crazy when I'm like overdoing it. Like when we're shooting oh. our, our, like, she's like, oh, I just want to shoot a simple video and I want a simple edit. I'll it's edit never on my phone. A simple and I'm thing. like, no, we got to, <laughs> we got to make three different bananas. I don't know. <laughs> One for practice, one for B-roll, and one for you to, like, talk to the camera. That's not an exaggeration. We got to have a mic. We need a mic. We need four lights, at least. Um, and then I'll spend the next week editing it. <laughs> so when I made the Spinach Banana video, I, you make two at a time. So we made, so I made two. And then I gave one to Amy. We kept one. And then the next batch I made. Which, thank God, because the first one wasn't that great. He didn't like it. He wanted me to add more cheese to it. And he didn't like my grandma's recipe that didn't have, he thought it didn't have enough cheese. Amy so then the, for the, set, for the um, second shoot, a second shoot for the banana video, I made two um, recipe, like two batches, which means I had four. I had to make four spinach banana. Which we gave you. <laughs> so then Jason got some spinach banana, and then I cut it up, froze it, and then we ate a whole one, I think, that day. Wow. <laughs> that, that's definitely, uh, you know, really committing to, to the how to uh, cooking videos. So do I like 
like working with him, yes, the product is incredible. The work that goes into it is painful. But you're not doing the work. I'm not cooking. No, six no, no, not that. Banana? <laughs> I'm just. Are saying. you shredding cheese? Are you, are editing, you are rolling? You editing for twelve hours. <laughs> the, the different, different roles, different roles. Yeah. Different, different roles. Different roles. We love working. Yeah, oh, yeah, it sounds, it sounds hey, definitely. Yeah. Perfect way to answer that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, as as we as, as we wrap, wrap up, yeah. <laughs> yeah go, go ahead, go ahead. As we wrap up, uh, what is what is y'all's favorite movie? We can do individually, or if there's one you guys have together. Oh, oh my gosh, favorite movie? I don't know. I didn't know it was gonna be a question. Uh, throw us a curveball. Yeah. Tell you on purpose, Joe. Keep those. Maybe like our favorite movie that we both like together. Okay, yeah. I would say. What were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Nothing. What were you gonna say? Uh, I would say either um, the other guys. That's what I was gonna say. Either, either <laughs> the other guys or um, 21 or 22 Jump Street. Yeah. That's hard. It's hard between the two because they're both great. Yeah, I really do enjoy all of those. All three of those yeah. are like those are basically movies that we can always be like. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that every time we're gonna go streaming, I'm like, we should really buy these movies because yeah. we always end up watching them <laughs> like, like every even, year. We've even paid for them like every single time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the other guys just came on Netflix. I'm like, yeah. ah, we just paid for that. <laughs> I, I would I would say it depends on the genre, but those are the the three we go to yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I mean, me personally, like comedy is not my favorite genre, um, but to watch something with Michelle, I would say like that's what that's like our go-to. Yeah. I think that's your favorite genre. Um, genre. I like a lot of mystery too, but I can't pick a favorite movie. I would have had to think about this like long and hard to like hard. commit to a favorite movie. Oh, <laughs> Clue's pretty good too. Oh yeah, we do like Clue. We watch that quite often. <laughs> uh, night, uh, 1984 one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah. My kid, my kids actually love that movie. Classic. I showed Tim yeah, Curry. Yeah, it's a classic. Tim Curry. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh well, Andrew, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? Since you're so big into sci-fi, or what's one that you that resonates, kind of just hits you, you you go back to more than others? Can I think about this for a second? You move on to her. I don't have a favorite sci-fi. No, no, no movie. I mean just like. No. <laughs> just we're just gonna talk to Michelle while he thinks about it. Yes, um, any other movie I should say. Um. Jurassic Park is like a classic. Ooh. I which is so funny. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in like years, but like. It, it's Jurassic Park, like, I loved as a kid because, you know, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. But, like, the more and more I think about that movie, like, as I get older, I'm like, that movie wasn't even about dinosaurs. It was right. about totally different stuff, which pisses mm-hmm. me off when I see the other Jurassic Park movies because other Jurassic Park movies are just all about dinosaurs. Correct. Like, even the new ones, they're kind of like, oh, but genetic dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one is like, you can't play God. Yeah. And that's correct. Yeah. That's the basis of that film. Yeah. And it took me too long, way too many, way too long to figure that out. I was just a dumb kid. Um, I don't, Matt, I like your, um, I see you have your Ragnarok um, poster behind you. <laughs> yeah. um, that's one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies, I will say, okay. because I fell in love with Korg. I know that's not the character you probably thought I was going to fall in love with, but... <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a favorite from the film. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely but, a standout, yeah. Yeah, Thor is probably the, the heartthrob of the movie, but um, I love Korg. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't Korg Taika Waititi? Isn't that his? Doesn't he, he yeah, play yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. It's fantastic. <laughs> I have a little Korg, what do they call him? The, the, the Funko. Bu- 
Funko Pop, the Funko yeah. Funko Pop on my yes. desk at work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see Jojo Rabbit, by the way? Yes. Yes, we oh, did. That That's movie great. was hilarious. Speaking yeah, it was. Taika. Actually, the the young girl who was in that movie, who was the the Jewish girl who hiding uh, in in the house, was actually the middle child from Lost Girls. If you didn't... I thought I recognized her. That's yeah. right. I didn't recognize that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. No, <laughs> good call, Matt. Matt. That was I knew, good. I knew her from something. Yeah. Yeah, it, that was that was definitely. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I answered I answered your question. No one asked. <laughs> yeah. No, super helpful though. Uh, but yes, but uh, and so is that is that all the the movies you can think of? At least. Yeah, I I would have really needed some preparation for uh, this. Guys, not prepare us for this. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that was going. Sorry. I I still can't even think of a, a sci-fi movie. I don't want I don't want to commit to any answer. <laughs> not committed. About this, maybe next time we get you guys to come on, you guys have an answer. Okay. All right. I will make sure for that. Yes, I will be ready and prepared. Fantastic. Well, Michelle, Andrew, this was a blast. Thank Seriously. you very much Thank for coming you. on the show. Uh, got some great insight, and we, we learned that you, you can't pick a favorite movie. I feel like that's the that's like the 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 the, the line that we get from everybody because we ask this, and it's like an instant reaction. It's like, but why did you ask me this what? question? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I can see that. I just feel like there are different things you like about, you know, different movies, different genres. Like, I, course, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to commit. Plus, my answer could change next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's definitely for sure. For, and for people listening, if you guys can uh, plug your social medias really quick so we can put those out there for everybody. Go for it. Uh, your Instagram. Yeah. He only has one social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now it's abnoir.photo. Uh, mm-hmm. Instagram handle, but that will be changing soon. I'm not going to say what because I don't want anybody to snatch it out from under me. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, right now I, it's that one. Okay. <laughs> Mine is just Michelle. It, you can go follow me on Instagram. It's just Michelle Imperato. Um, and on Facebook, Michelle Imperato Wesh. And I don't really tweet, so that's not really a thing you need to. You <laughs> I'm like, here's the weather. There's a crash. That's it. Here's some important stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to retweet one of my coworkers who put in the hard work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michelle and Andrew, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, If you want more from us, you can always follow us at box office underscore bingers, where we will post uh, pretty much an extension of the show. Netflix top 10. Just recently we were posting uh, what what we're calling a recognizing black cinema. And so there's, there's, I just posted volume two just the other day. So you can, you know, uh, recommended viewing for a better understanding. Definitely recommend uh, checking that post out to see what you can do uh, to, to get a better understanding of what's going on in the world. Uh, And you can get a lot more, a lot more from there at box office underscore bingers. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Ernesto Santos.